Hello, and welcome to episode 63 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the turd, in the wind, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm feeling sufficiently gruntled today. Gruntled? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I often just breeze right past it, but I've heard that people like to hear where you're coming from, so <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you let us know... What? <laughs> uh, so I was listening to a radio show today, the Dan Levitard show on ESPN, and someone was saying, like, it was Dan Levitard, was saying something about someone being disgruntled. And he said, hang on a second, can we just discuss this real quick? <laughs> Is this one of those words where like, we have a word that has like a, like not a pronoun, but I forget whatever the hell the, that, that term is, the prefix, that like changes it from a base word. Can you be gruntled? He said, is there someone who goes around being gruntled that then they can be disgruntled? Or is it just one of those? And I forget that there's other examples of that word. I'm sure you can think about it. Oh, I, I've, I've got you because in the movie Clueless, <laughs> is it Clueless? No, it's not Clueless. It's 10 Things I Hate About You and you haven't seen it. But she goes, you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you just be whelmed? <laughs> If I had had this idea, but not this word, I, I've used that term before when someone said, doesn't that like, oh, isn't that overwhelming to you? Say, no, I feel like I was properly whelmed by it. Or I am more or less whelmed. <laughs> yeah, no, so this is one of those ones like, is gruntled a word, which prompted me. You know, it's, what's funny about that word, though, is disgruntled, the part about that that sounds harsh and that you are frustrated by something is the yeah. gruntled part. <laughs> the yeah. diss is just there. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. This is one of those things. Like, you can be underwhelmed or overwhelmed. No, but the other thing is, no, but there's other examples of words where it's a one-way street like that. You know what I mean? Non-gruntled? Is there is there two sides to this coin, or is it just disgruntled? Is it just no, it's, alone? It is gruntled and disgruntled. Although I think the word gruntled kind of like got grandfathered in. I looked up a briefest bit of the etymology for that. Okay. And it's like it kind of was used a little bit more archaically, like maybe a hundred years ago. But it was like used like walking it back from disgruntled. Like, oh, if you're not disgruntled, you're gruntled. But it's like almost a dead word on its own. Pleased, satisfied, and contented. Gruntled. But still, gruntled sounds sounds rough. That's a that rough terrible. word. I don't think I, I'm going to try and start to use that to describe yeah, myself. Yeah, I, I think we should all try to strive to use uh, that we are properly <laughs> em- Employee review. <laughs> How are you feeling about your week? I'm gruntled. <laughs> it sounds dirty. We need to have a talk. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> really? I, I just told you how gruntled I am. <laughs> I encourage you to just Google gruntled on its own. <laughs> I think I did. I, I think I was. I don't. I think I was looking on the Merriam-Webster. Um, that I, I said like it was specifically more used for like when you're hungry and are no longer hungry. Like when you've been sated, you've been gruntled. But it's kind of taken on. Like, to be any sort of good, like, I feel good, not just I feel full. And when you're disgruntled, you're not that. Can you be overgruntled? Um, I don't know. Google does not appear to agree with that. Well, I guess so, because I said that I was sufficiently gruntled, so. <laughs> but not as, like, a one. <laughs> so I would consider this uh, a very successful instance of me. What are we here to do? All right. On this week's show, episode, <laughs> on this week's episode, we're going to discuss World War One, Avengers tidbits, 
Pet Cemetery, Aladdin, numerous news and nuggets, from what I hear, all before diving into our flick of the week, Venom. But first, Al, get us back on track. What are we drinking? I will never get us back on track. Um, no, I'm, I'm glad that you have so many uh, news and nuggets, because what you listed in that rundown, none of that overlaps with any of mine. So this is going to be a news and nuggets heavy show. Nice. I like that. We are drinking a collaboration. It says so in the biggest letters on this bottle. <laughs> I thought that was the name of the beer. No, it is the collaboration series yeah. from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company and Three Notched Brewing Company. This is a Crystal Brett, a Brett beer with crystal hops. So 5.5% alcohol by volume, 26 IBUs. It's brewed in the Virginia heartland. Can you just go ahead and answer the questions that I'm going to have to ask anyway? Go ahead. <laughs> what is a Brett beer? <laughs> uh, so Brett is Britannomyces. It's short for Britannomyces. Okay. Um, it's a style of sour beer, though the souring of these oh, happy with, accident. with Brett is typically not as aggressive as some others. Okay. It's a particular yeast strain that's used... Um, a lot of times. I know Newberg has done some with Brett beers. They had a blueberry mint bread, which was unique. Um, Bl- and I, I actually mean that very much as a compliment. It was really good. Blueberry mint, you said? Blueberry mint bread. Did I have that? I don't think so. That was a few years ago. Huh. Okay. Go on. So anyway, yeah, that's what this is. This is a collaboration beer brewed with Britannomyces yeast. With crystal hops, so it's crystal bread. Where else have I Which, seen crystal hops? I don't know, because I don't think I've ever actually heard of them. Because typically when I think of crystal with beer, it's um, it's a version of caramel malt uh, that you use as, as a grain. It's typically just used for coloration, because okay. it's... Um, it's one of those things where you, know, you forget more than you know uh, about beer stuff. Yeah. It's um, – the caramel malt is, is typically used um, with a little bit of flavor, but mostly it's used for coloration. There's different um, degrees, Lovabond, which is the scale that they measure that on. Um, so typically, like I've used 40 Lovabond, like crystal malt. Um, it's also known, like I said, as caramel malt. So that's when I think of crystal. I'd never heard of crystal hops. There are mm. so many hop varieties. All the hops. Um, yeah. Um, and more and more each day as they splice – them and breed them different strains together um you'll get a lot of trademarked ones that like you can only buy through one place as opposed to something more generic like a columbus hop right Hmm. that's cool well shall we sure i'm looking at the beer it's kind of pretty color cheers that is that's not like things i've had before (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Where how it's not, it's not always the same souring characteristic. Actually, this one's typically much cleaner and drier than a lot of them. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. It's like as you taste it, it seems like it's going to be, and then it 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 doesn't get there. Yeah, it's much more mild. It works a little more like a conventional yeast than some other versions where you might be kettle souring or doing like an open fermentation. So, would you say that if you're not a sour fan? As you take a sip, you would begin to feel disgruntled. <laughs> but as you finish it, 
if you were looking for a gruntle. particularly bold, sour flavor, then this might shift your dial from gruntled to disgruntled. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Though, if you're someone who was hesitant, the other way. don't like sour beer, right. your disgruntlement would become gruntlement. Got it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Collaboration series, like, Devil's Backbone, Three Notch, Gruntled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, well, that's, that's going to be the name of your first mass-produced beer. <laughs> what? Gruntled. <laughs> 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 Just setting the bar. <laughs> I'm just sorry, okay. I'm, I'm distracted by how pretty this it is. It is pretty. I picked that one up before. It's more clear than I expected it. Like, sorry, like the clarity of the beer. Yeah. Um, the color is a delightful amber-ish color. Maybe a half step below it's, amber. It's tasty. I feel like at the, um, I didn't get this the first couple of sips that I took, but like at the, at the end of that one, I got like a, like a boozy scent. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not that strong. It's only no. five and a half. But you know what it is actually reminding me of the um, it's got a Belgian characteristic to it. Not not it does, but not enough to bother me. Yeah, no, I, I like Belgian beer, so I'm I'm cool with it. I just I didn't quite notice it at first because I was seeking out the sour aspect. Do you but, know what uh, ben, ben, Belgian beers make me? What disgruntled? Disgruntled. <laughs> <laughs> many Belgian beers have made me many, many levels of gruntled. So. Okay, so. Hang on. Your first like hazy, juicy IPA needs to be named Gruntled for me. And then your first Belgian needs to be named Disgruntled. <laughs> and it's gonna be perfection. Okay, I'm on board with it. And then we're gonna do you're gonna do a double IPA that's over gruntled. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is great. We're, we're it's it's all coming together. <laughs> awesome. Well this is uh this is I'm a definitely nice gonna hit you. I'm definitely going to hit you with a properly whelmed at some point. I'll try to remember for like a month or two from now. All right. All right. Yeah. If you can, that's going to be one of those ones that you pull out in person, like after we see a movie. <laughs> Not just that, but it's going to come up randomly in episodes. If you oh, feel yeah. like, if you, if you ever drop underwhelmed or overwhelmed, I'm going to say I'm properly whelmed. Okay. Or I'm going to find some way to say it because maybe I wouldn't have been properly whelmed in that case. But I'm going to find a way to do it because I've work, done it in conversation before. I will also work gruntled in as often as possible, so much so that we'll need a shirt at some point. Oh, man, I would love a spin tune shirt that's incorporating <laughs> gruntled mint. So, I'm definitely making up gruntled mint. There's no way. And yeah. it sounds like a style, like there's... There's peppermint, there's spearmint, <laughs> and coming out as not gruntle mint, but gruntle mint from me. So it sounds like a like a Christmas villain. That's <laughs> you have Rumpelstiltskin, you have Grindelwald, and you have Gruntlemint. <laughs> oh man, we could write a whole book here. Got some fantasy characters going. I love it, love it. All right, shall we move on to our first story? As we have many. Um, overall, this beer was a this beer was a, was an was a plus. I'm, I'm all right, all just an inopportune time to take a sip of my water there as you asked me whether we should move yeah. on. <laughs> well, you know, going going back 62 episodes, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a I'm in. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten away from that scale some. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, let's bring that back. I am I am in on this one. Okay, me too. I enjoyed it. All right. Our first story here, it's a quick one. Um, nothing too crazy here, but World War One. the reason I brought this up is I came across an article – earlier today i think it was actually it wasn't even that long ago um about peter jackson re like 
touching up and like kind of uh, and colorizing old World War One footage. And you should go look at that because it's really well done. And it like it it like transports you like there. That's how that's how well done and realistic it feels in its completion. I just think no, there's nothing more to the story other than I was amazed by it when I looked at it. So I think it's worth looking up. You can find the article that I went through on our Flipboard magazine. So if you want to check out Flicks on Flipboard, it's there. Get in it. So that was that was I think that was effectively that's my first nugget. I feel like. Nice. Is, is really that's the only nugget you ever had? I, I don't know. I I feel like I haven't had many nuggets. I usually I'm usually waiting on yours. I got yeah. The, usually it's more news newsy. Honey mustard ready. You know, I'm just dipping. Um, I do have some Avengers tidbits. Which okay, means, so we're going from nuggets to tidbits. We're now. gonna go to tidbits or, or popcorn chicken. <laughs> I think is what we can call these. Uh, so a couple of a couple of <laughs> very silly things. One, I. They'll they'll all kind of wrap up together. So the first one is came across. I keep I keep coming across these Avengers articles like this thing that we noticed, that thing that we noticed. What does this mean? What does that mean? It's getting to the point where the answer is nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean nothing. Not everything that like I I know that they spend a lot of attention to detail on these things, and I know that there is a lot of stuff. That's a lot of it comes down movie. to just being Easter eggs, so. though. Right, well, and a lot of a lot of it is, but not everything is. So there was just one particular one that I came across. It was like the only Avengers character not to have like a face off with Thanos, and I was like trying to think, and I couldn't immediately think of who it was. Do you know who it is? Al's thinking. The the, the, the character played by Peter Dinklage. No, <laughs> uh, they, they were specific about it being an Avenger. Oh, but okay. I also don't think that this is where I don't think it really qualifies because is he uh, Rocket? Rocket doesn't have a face off like he's not directly in contact with Thanos at any point. I guess not. Well, and, doesn't that make Groot as well? No, I think Groot does closer to the towards the end. I feel like he gets closer to him, but not Rocket because they but were not Rocket side by side that whole. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I do. I would have to go back and and make sure. But like, I'm just. This is what I'm talking about. It's like I don't think that that actually would matter at all. If I, you know, if I'm wrong and it means something later on, cool. That's awesome. I'm happy that that's. Great. I'm sure it doesn't because there's different cuts of that whole fight sequence. Yeah, it, it's it's not. It's just one again. <clears throat> one of those things that came up. I'm just like, all right, I'll click it. Here's my click. Here you go, and then I'll read it, and I'll be like, yeah, nothing. And then the next <clears throat> one, next piece of popcorn chicken is uh, Thanos. Hair seems to be growing throughout the movie. What does it mean? And I'm like, again, I'm not certain it means anything. Maybe it does. That would I I can't imagine it mattering. It means that time passes. That's that and that's really it, right? Because when time passes, your hair grows. Your hair grows. And then there was a lot of jokes about like what kind of razor does he use and how does he get it so smooth? <laughs> like, <laughs> but again, this is what my, my problem with all this was. Um, this is just like I understand being excited, but a lot of it is just like what do you what do you just you're just trying so hard <laughs> with some of these articles. So I'm just yes. like whatever comes out, it comes out. I'm I'm already excited. I don't need more of this. I don't need you digging in trying to spoil it. You're not going to. I'm still gonna be <laughs> excited. Uh, the next, the last, the last tidbit related to uh, Avengers is Mark Ruffalo's firing on Twitter, and it, it was pretty great because, as you guys have know from the show we've talked about before about 
uh, Mark Ruffalo having loose lips when it comes to spoilers and when it comes um, to everything and streaming the first like ten minutes of Ragnarok from the theater, like all, all sorts of silly things like that. I think they are they're doing a really great job of leaning into that with him and Tom Holland. Like yes. there's a lot of fun press stuff that they put out. Um, there was a really great one with the Infinity War poster of Tom Holland opening it up. And uh, he's like, oh, what's this? And he's doing it live, like, in front of his for his fans. And he's opening it up. He's like, cool. And he picks it up. And on the back of it, it says, do not share <laughs> with anyone. <laughs> and then he turns it around and he goes, oh, crap. And he, like, cuts the camera down. <laughs> I just think, like, like, leaning into that stuff is a lot of fun. It really, like, breaking that barrier, like, I did think the fans I heard about that one, yeah. Have, kind of have fun with these actors. This one was uh, Mark Ruffalo saying the title of the next Avengers movie on The Tonight Show. And they bleep it out, and they put the sensor bar over his mouth, and all this stuff. And then on Twitter, they, they, the, from the Russo brothers account, Mark, comma, you're fired. <laughs> 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 and his response, guys, dot dot dot, can we talk about this? And I just, I love these little things. Yeah. That's the type of fun that I I go online for, not the normal nonsense that you come across. It's unfortunate that you have to weed through a lot of crap to get to these fun times, but it's there. I like that man. He's a, he's a funny guy. I am sufficiently sufficiently gruntled with this story. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Take it away, Al. Um, let's go with a news. Okay. Since we had some lighter fare. Um, James Gunn bored Suicide Squad 2 to write and possibly direct. Yeah, that was part of that was part of the stuff that I had written down prior to my notes getting wiped out. Nice. Okay, I'm glad I picked up the slack yeah, then. P- appreciate that. Um, so this is this was reported all over the place, but this particular story I'm reading from is on Deadline by Mike Fleming Jr. Mm-hmm. He's been hired by Warner Brothers and DC to write with an eye to direct the next installment of the Suicide Squad franchise. It's the first job he's taken since he parted ways with Disney, which let him go from the lucrative Guardians of the Galaxy franchise in July in the wake of old controversial tweets that had been compiled by alt-right journalists and sent to Disney. Well, let's pour one out for him, because if his career wasn't dead before, it is now. (laughs) Well, yeah. uh, Uh, I saw something where someone was like, I would be pretty excited about this, but it's like building a castle on sand. Um, Because you can't really build... I'm sure it'll be a better movie than the first Suicide Squad, but... It might even be fun. It might have some laughs. Starting from such a flawed premise, it's going to be hard to create... um, chicken salad out of this chicken shit yeah that's weird <laughs> but i agree you never heard that expression before i have not <laughs> really no it's like a super common one no no i have not heard that one uh it's as yeah. common as bending someone over a barrel and showing them in 50 states <laughs> that's not <laughs> pretty sure it's the same what is that is from that, <laughs> that is in what is that in do you want me to tell you or do you want to guess uh Horrible bosses. Yes. 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 <laughs> no, but for real, that that's a real expression. Yeah. No, I'm sure it is. It sounds. It sounds. It sounded real. Um, w- there was also like a tweet from Dave Bautista, like wanting to be involved, because he's he's been advocating for James Gunn since all this stuff had happened. Well, I hadn't heard that, but I did hear someone mocked up a drawing of him as Bane. Ooh. Okay. That could be fun. I didn't get to see the picture, but somewhere I that, in between that... Tom Hardy and the. And the, the movie that shall not be named. <laughs> He's way more the right build and doesn't have to dramatically alter his body. That's fair. Tom Hardy did. People like acted like they were impressed. I saw it and I was like, wait, this is what we've been waiting for. He's like 
not. Tom Hardy didn't have the build to carry that. Uh, I think they did a good job. He was so bloated. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I really, I liked that portrayal of the character so much. Though. No, no, I'm not saying he did a bad job as him. I'm just saying he didn't look like Bane. I think they did, they did enough well with the camera positioning. He, because he's not a very tall person. No. And I feel like they, they did, they did do enough to make him appear big in relation to everything else going on, which, which was, I think it worked. It worked for me. He looked like the in shape, out of shape guy from Family Guy, the 1950s in shape, out of shape guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy! All right. Uh, Next story. You 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 can keep going because I've only got two other ones and they're not very they're they're not very big. Okay, let's go with a nugget because it's not news yet. Ooh. There's been some little bit of loosening up with the the announcement of The Mandalorian, which we discussed last week, yeah, the yeah. new <clears throat> Star Wars show. And there's been a rumor, not in any way, shape, or form confirmed, uh, there's some rumor that there is interest in casting the lead actor of The Mandalorian as Pedro Pascal, which I thought was a really cool idea. I think he would crush that role. Who is that? Um, you know you, I am with names. Yes, I do. Um, he was Agent Whiskey in Kingsman 2. Oh! Okay. Also, Oprah Martell, a.k.a. the Viper yep. from yep. Game of Thrones. Ooh, what a role. And if you've seen what either of those role. two movies, <laughs> him playing a gunslinger Mandalorian would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sign me up. I want that. <laughs> give, yeah, me give me give me that. <laughs> I don't know if it's realistic. I don't know if it's just a rumor or if it's a, like a fan desire Consider thing online. Consider me I, I've not seen it reported as... <laughs> That, that is a serious thing that's like that he's in talks for or not. Nice. Um, but I would sign up for it if, if they're passing yeah, around a petition. It's a good rumor. It. I like I like a I like a nice juicy rumor like that. Something positive. No, he's he's a good actor. I like him. Yeah, he's he's very solid. Um, yeah, I would be, I'd definitely be on board with that. I saw that. Um, I ended up going back and taking a look at those. Uh, was it, I think it's just one picture. Like there was another photo. couple that have come out, um, but they're all very. Secondary. There was but, a picture of someone in full dresses, some alien character sitting yeah. off on the side. It, but I haven't seen them announce though. any cast, so they must really be doing like some like they have. They must have a script fully done. They must be doing a lot of secondary like shooting of like like stuff like in crowds Absolutely. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, I feel like that, that makes a lot of sense. Get get as much B roll up front as you can so that you can kind of splice some of that in. I'm guessing so because the fact that we don't know who is playing the Mandalorian and then it's just rumors over people what people want um and they're already starting shooting is a little bit odd. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm guessing they probably have their main cast under contract. They just haven't released it yet. Right. Because otherwise why would you start shooting it? Especially it's supposed to be out in a year. Yeah. And this is gonna be a pretty highly like you know a lot of times when there's like a big sci-fi concept show, even one with a lot of money behind it they usually don't look that good in the first season because there's only so much money and they're still kind of getting, this is fully backed by Disney. This is already yeah, it looks th- that part of the one... canon. This is not going to be one of those things that has to find no. its I mean, it may have to find its way from just being a show, but this is a, sh- they, they want this to come going all in. fire it hot right out the gun. Yeah. And, and like from that screenshot, like just, it looks like production design wise, it looked that one screen grab, like it looked real good. I'm yeah. excited to see where that goes. Um, especially, I love that armor so much. It's just yeah, so it, cool. I mean, that's the reason that Boba Fett exists, is yeah. because he looks cool. 
this this is gonna make a great toy. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'll I'll dive in for a second here because I've got a I've got a question for you. How do you feel about all these horror movies that are coming out these days? Well, I've already you know I've been on the show. I'm not a big horror yeah. movie guy. So here's we're gonna go a little, <clears throat> de- a little dig a little deeper on this for a second. Uh, I saw a, a poster for a pet cemetery. I saw that there was like the first I don't know if it was the first trailer or first screenshots shown from yeah. whatever. I just it was a picture of a cat on the road. I think. So I'm thinking about I was thinking about this earlier. Pet cemetery. I'm thinking about Halloween, um, Friday the Thirteenth. I do know that you want to see the new Halloween. I do want to see the new Halloween. Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the new Halloween movie has an interesting thing going for it in that it is a direct sequel to the first, which was. Which is a thing that has been explored lately, which I kind of like the idea of where... Well, that was it, what we did with Predators. Yes. Yeah. We took a direction. Let's... We took a direction for a while. It didn't pan out. <laughs> like we, We've gone too far. Let's bring it back to basics and uh, not, not redo the original where the original worked, but go in a different direction from where we went. And I, I kind of like that. That's fun to me. That's more like a comic book story arcs, like... Let's let's tell the story again in a different way. It's but, also kind of what they did with um, the Mad Max movie, right? Where it became like the Mad Max Legends. Kind of, yeah. It's that that one's like its own little its own little world. It seems like because it's kind of after the fact, but it's almost told through the lens of another person's eyes. It, it's very. I really liked that for sure. I think that that kind of stands apart from this stuff. I think because it was still they weren't doing a reboot. They weren't like remaking the original. I guess it's the reverse of what you're saying, right? Where there's an established canon and this yeah. exists within it, but kind of where and when's unimportant. Right. So yeah, it's it's its own. That's why I feel like the Fury Road is its own its own perfect beast. <laughs> it is kind of how I see it. So this, what I'm getting at here is, uh, what what I like about the Halloween movie, like I said, is they're they're keeping the original going in a different direction after the close of that. I don't know too much about this Pet Cemetery movie, but I do know I saw that Friday the Thirteenth movie that that reboot of Friday the Thirteenth, that reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw those, and lately, I, I you always come across these things of like, there's no original stories anymore. Uh, you know, we keep seeing the same stuff over and over again, and that's that's fair to a degree. I think that horror movies are the biggest offender of this because I feel like there's those are the ones that have been remade the most in not a fair amount of time yeah um i actually i forgot that they redid friday the 13th mm-hmm. i know that they did with um elm street because it's such an iconic thing that the actor matters and yeah. they did um jackie well, earl haley replace mm-hmm. robert england in the reboot or whatever but it doesn't matter who's behind the mask when it comes to jason right just big hulking thing so, so i forgot that that was a thing i was thinking i'm trying to think like it, it it I've I usually am not bothered by these things. Uh, if you want to remake a thing that I love and tell it in a different light, I'm usually okay with it. I usually like it, uh, even if it's even if it's not as good as the original. Like as a lot of people will say immediately, they've already most people decide that before they even see it. Let's be let's be serious. Yeah, uh, I can. It, it's it's a weird thing because like you can. I, I love more of of what I love. If you want to give me it, like if you want to remake, uh, give me another Batman movie, just not not with what's happening now. But if you wanted to give me another Batman movie, I would be interested just because I absolutely love Batman. See, you know I'm I'm not. That's why I haven't been on board for all of this stuff. I wasn't on board with 
Batman Begins. I had zero interest in it. And it took it being really good and really different from anything of Batman I had seen before for me to get in on that thing. So that's what it has to be. A couple of things, and one of them we'll get into some more later with some stuff that I have. Um, If you're going to do that sort of thing, if you're going to reboot, if you're going to expand upon, if you're going to, whether it be a prequel or sequel, whatever, it has to be good. Yeah. It has to be even better than something original. And a lot of times they're a lot worse because they're tired rehashes of what's already happened. And that's and that's the problem. And I think that's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Two is, things. It has to be good and it has to give me something unique. Right. The rehashing of the same story. In the same exact way. Is dumb. It's unnecessary. Is There's no reason for it. The problem, though, is that what everybody will do, regardless of whether this new version is better or not, like if you really analyze it on its own, regardless of whether it's better or not, it is obviously going to be compared to the first, the, the original, which is fine. You, I mean, it's there. You're going to make that comparison. But don't be mad when the story's different. Mm-hmm. And that's... We're going to get into this a little bit when we get into Venom. I, I will I will bring this back probably towards the opening of Venom. because well, We're going to get into it some more with something else that I have that we'll, Excellent. We, we discussed a little bit in the pre-show. Um, but I didn't tell you the specifics. Of we're, we'll get into it some more because I, this is a big overarching top, topic I want to talk about. Because it, it's got levels and layers. Yeah. Levels, man. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is great. So this is the teaser. I'm gonna, well, you know, we're going to stop here. We're going to get back to it with whatever the hell Al is talking about. And then we're going to really get back to it when we get into Venom. So yeah. just just keep that. Keep that in the back of your mind. And this conversation will be pre-spoiler in Venom. So if you're interested in seeing the movie and haven't yet, you can you can get that far before, before we get into spoiler territory. Go on. Okay. Do you want to do that? You want to jump right into that segment now? Uh, sure. Well, no, no, no. You have a lot of other stuff, right? I have three things. Okay, let's Two of them out. are we're going to do recurring segments, and one of them is a much lighter thing, so I want to do that one in the middle. Okay, and I have one more thing that's completely unrelated. So Okay, so let's, 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 let's get into this thing now, then. Okay. Um, so I was I was listening. I'll give credit to it because it's not like they're a competitor in any way. I was listening to a podcast. It's a sports podcast. It's um, mostly about NFL draft, college football, NFL, called um, Stick to Football. It's by Matt Miller and his brother and one of his friends. They do it for Bleacher Report. He's the lead uh, draft writer for Bleacher Report. So they started up a segment, and I really liked the idea because it's something that we've done in this show in the past, and I want to kick it off with a bigger, more complete version of it. Uh, So the the segment we're doing is kill a narrative. We're going to take something that is something that we've thought about or believed, something that we see online, around popular culture, a a narrative that kind of everyone goes along with or you go along with that you want to discuss the validity of. So... (laughs) Oh man, this is great because I've got two of them. So <laughs> go on. <laughs> yeah. So what we're gonna—I don't know if we'll do it every single week, but uh, and we're not gonna necessarily like both of us bring a narrative to kill. But it's gonna be something where like I'm gonna do one this week, Anthony maybe will do one next week or whatever, and we're gonna keep going with this nice. as we see them. Because um, I don't want it to be forced, but I this sort of thing is gonna come up pretty often. I feel like because we're out there engaging in all these different things, um, whether it be movies, TVs, whatever. So the, the narrative I want to kill is the whole. Everything we've seen post Last Jedi with this whole Star Wars is doomed stuff, um, because there's been we talked a little bit about all like the negative reaction to the Last Jedi, the failing at the box office of 
the solo movie. Uh, we didn't talk about it on the show, but me and Anthony discussed it in the last couple of weeks. A report came out saying that a fair amount of the trolling online is done by bots and sock puppet accounts like and just professional trolls. People don't care one way or the other, but they're getting attention by mm-hmm. being assholes online, whether it be to Ryan Johnson. That was actually what the study specifically addressed was all of the tweets at Ryan Johnson – over 50% of what was tweeted at Ryan Johnson since The Last Jedi came out was by like professional troll accounts, bots, and sock puppet accounts. That makes sense. Thousands of tweets, and at least half of it, if not more, was all fake stuff. So we have all that sort of negativity coming in. Mm-hmm. The real thing, it is real, Solo failed. Yeah, It's not a bad movie, but it is a fact. Movie failed. They I don't know if they actually lost money, but they probably came pretty damn close to breaking you. Sure. Which is a failure. Yep. Undoubtedly. As but, far as business is concerned, yes. Yes. And there's all this. Now, there was this rumor going on. And again, I don't think we talked about it on the show, but me and Anthony talked about it a while back. There was this rumor, hot and heavy online, that Kathleen Kennedy was out at Disney. It was just a question of when they announced it and how they announced it. Well, guess what? Was it two weeks ago I texted you? I think yeah. it was while you were in Seattle. Yeah. She just got renewed for a five-year extension to stay running Lucasfilm. To which we both applaud tremendously. Well done. <laughs> and it's just people making shit up and yeah. fine. Whatever. You want to do that, go for it. But the problem is some people get – some people sincerely don't know. They read all these bullshit – people acting like they know things and they're making shit up. Yep. Not only do they not know things, they're actively making shit up. And people, honestly, innocent people get swept up in this sort of thing. And again, you cannot like Solo. You cannot like The Last Jedi. They're, neither of them is perfect movies, especially not Solo. But there's a different way to engage with something and say, hey, I was disappointed with this, whatever. Fine. I don't even really want to get into that per se. Yep. But let's look at the facts. The Clone Wars is coming back in a limited run. Resistance started this past Monday. Did you get to watch any of Resistance yet? I did not. So the first episode aired, I think it was Monday night or Sunday night. Um, the first three episodes are available online. I've already watched all three of them. I'm intrigued by it. I would okay. say that in the same vein as the Clone Wars, especially more like the Clone Wars, less so like Rebels, it's a little bit of a rough start, but they have a lot to set up. Okay. It's an entirely new cast of characters. You get a little bit of Poe Dameron, and you get BB-8, but it's kind of half a character, you know? Um, and... You know Phasma's going to be in it, but she's been on for like two seconds. Okay. It's mostly an entirely new cast of characters like Rebels with other people who exist in the greater canon popping in here and there. Yep. Sure, we'll see more as it goes on. I do have to fact check this. I saw a reference to it. I don't know if it's 100% true. The events of this take place pre-Force Awakens, but I saw somewhere referenced today or yesterday, and I don't know if it's true, saying that it's roughly six months before The Force Awakens. That timeline seems oddly close to the start. If I had had to guess just watching it, I would have guessed it was maybe like three or four years before. Okay. Um, but he's already Commander Dameron. Um, but we don't see him where he picks up in the show and he's only in the first half of the first episode he hasn't is been in the third episode oscar isaac voicing the character yes that's awesome love that and gwendolyn christie is voicing phasma that's fantastic 
Um, and I think there are other people who are supposed to pop up who will be. And I, I don't know all the characters. Those are the only two, like I said, those are the only two that have showed up so far. And the rest of the voice cast is cool. There's there's other recognizable actors and actresses um, that are in it as well. Um, although I don't think all of them have made it in yet in okay. the first episodes. Um, although Elijah Wood um, was a guest, uh, a guest star in one of these episodes. Oh, I don't nice. know if he'll be in it anymore going forward. The character's still alive, so... But um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a, it'll be a recurring character or not. He was in okay. the third episode. But that show is kicking off and it's going. The Mandalorian is happening. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious to see where Resistance goes. I know it's aimed at a younger audience, but it is canon. It is. It, those of you who have been listening, or if you've watched on your own Clone Wars and Rebels, those shows have a lot of big influence in the canon of the show they deepen the knowledge of the the force and all those things all those things matter and it, some of them have been picked up in the new movies as well this show will be no different the mandalorian show will be no different even if they largely exist out at arm's reach from what's going on the things will be relevant yep they're not stopping making those star wars stories movies they may slow down slightly they may shuffle up their roster the weiss and benioff things are not getting Canceled. Those are being made. The Ryan Johnson trilogy, those are being made. I'm so excited for that. So let's kill this narrative that Star Wars is suffering. This movies are going to make <laughs> a ton of money. Oh, yeah. They're going to be good. They also, may not be the best thing ever. They may not be what you want, but they are going to be good. And if you go into it with the attitude of, hey, I'm interested to see what happens, you can still walk out of the theater disappointed. But if you go in expecting to hate it or if you don't go in at all because you're being a little bitch, then you're losing, not us. Well, let's hang hang on to that for a second because that's the that's, that's the funny thing about all this, right? There, there's all these complaints. There's all these, like, yeah, half it's bots, half it's not, half it's people that just being annoying. Uh, you do have the option to vote with your wallet. Yeah, and you're not. Yeah, if you go and watch the movie and then bitch about it. They're going to keep yeah, but, making the movie because they yeah. don't see your opinion as often, especially if they're going to find out that a lot of it is BS because they have the resources to find that shit out. It's not that hard. Twitter may do oh, a they knew, fucking – Oh, they knew that long before we did for sure. Twitter may do a shit-ass job of shutting down those things because they don't want to because they can. They have the capability. Look out there online, guys. Um, those of you who are wondering about the whole you know, censoring hate speech and this and that, in order for Twitter to operate in Germany – German law requires the censorship of Nazi and white supremacist speech. They have the technology. This we is not a commercial the for the six million dollar man. <laughs> it exists. They choose not to use it in the U.S. Amazing. They choose not to shut down these things. Yep. That's <laughs> funny. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I didn't, this wasn't a topic that I had, but I'm gonna go back to it because it's it, something that you brought up there. Starting a new show. With a new cast of characters, it takes a leap of faith, right? You need yeah. to you need to hope that the audience holds on enough for you to build them up. Yes, Pilots, some shows do a better job than others. They'll hook you from second one, and they'll stick with it. Some of them will hook you with a cool premise, and then it'll sag a bit as they have to open and expand their world. They got to find their footing. Not all of these things, especially if you yeah. have a lot of new talent involved. But with a show like like Resistance, it's it's just got a lot. You have to buy in. It's, everything that they're selling you and it's sure. gonna be rough riding early on it, it is and with any with any new show 
if I'm interested in the premise, I know more than likely I'm not going to be sold on the pilot. Pilots have traditionally been trash. Yeah, I, I see. That's the thing that it took me a long time to figure that out. I've really struggled with a lot of. Oh, they're they are they are. It's too much. It's very fast paced. You don't really get much out of it. It's like okay, introduce, 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 and then it's like, here's a basic premise that we're gonna probably hold on to for the next nine seasons. And well, the then, thing is, you can get me. You can hook me with a drama type show with yeah. a rough thing. If you got enough going on, where it's hmm, that's kind of cool. The thing that I struggle with is anytime I try and get into watching a comedy, if the first episode of a show isn't funny, I'm not gonna stick around. That's and, like. 95% of comedy pilots suck, and they're not funny. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely true. And I don't know I, how Parks and Rec became one of my favorite shows ever. Not just the first episode. Pilot the first season, season Pilot sucks. season. Yeah, it's rough. It is really rough. And then if you if you do make it through, which honestly, if you told me I watched it and I couldn't get into it, I could tell you, yeah, like it's worth sticking it out. But that's a trade-off. If you don't want to spend that time, you don't have to. Like there's yeah. – it's it's on them. Like they didn't they didn't hook you, you know. They, sure, they had a big following, but like, yeah, you're gonna you are going to alienate some people if you don't have that good opening. Now, That's the reason, the reason I survived through Parks and Rec was because when I started watching it, it was around the time of the fourth season. A couple of my friends were like, "Hey, watch it!" Like they put on an episode from that season. I was like, "Oh, this is really funny." Like you should start from the beginning. Just understand it's a little bit rough. And yeah. I watched the first season. I was like, "Oh my god, a little bit rough." It's, like, it's a good thing I watched another episode, and I was like, wow, that was really funny. Because if it gets to be like that, then I'm on board. And it was a short first season. It's like, like how long does it take to get there? And they're like, oh, no, it starts picking up better in the second season, and it crushes it by Absolutely the way, by halfway it. through. And I'm like, yeah. okay, good, because otherwise I wouldn't have. If that show, if I started watching that from the first episode when it was live, like airing live, I never would have watched that show. Yeah. Uh, it's it's absolutely true. I, I would have I would have fallen off that as well. I had the uh, a similar situation though. My sister like was pushing the show like you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. She did that for this show for Parks and Rec. She did it for The Office, and I tried The Office a couple times and I just couldn't get into it. Um, I can't I can't get into that show. Yeah, it's it just wasn't. It, I just don't think it's for me. I'm yeah. there's there's parts of it that I find funny when I've seen like clips or I've seen little bits and That's pieces of exactly it. Exactly where I'm with it. But I feel like I get it and I know enough of the characters from memes and from sharing of like clips and stuff from friends that like, I don't really need the rest of it. Yeah. Whereas, well, that's the other thing. Like, people will be like, Oh, you just haven't watched enough of it. It's like, no, like I've seen well, a pretty significant amount of the show. I just don't. That's, care. that's important though, because you haven't seen enough of it is I don't owe, <laughs> I don't owe this production company anything. Yeah. So I don't need to invest my time into it. Well, there's that. And there's also the fact that it's like, no, no, I have seen, I've seen, separately yeah. at least 15 episodes of the show mm -hmm. like i and not not necessarily all in a row like like a 15 episode run but i've seen enough of it over the the run of the show that it's like no i get what the show's about i i just think it's really overrated like it's fine just not enough for me to care well that's like when you were over for my birthday and my sister was had us watch an episode of portlandia did we watch that for your... I don't I remember watching it. I think it was my birthday. It could have been something uh, else. I've seen the first two seasons of that show. I enjoyed that. I just It was one of those things, for whatever reason, I just didn't stick with it. But I have I had a feeling from the get-go that I wasn't going to be into it. And I will, I will... Even if I have my reservations up front, I will give a show like a whole run. I will... Like a whole episode. Not a whole run, sorry. A whole episode. To like... I will give it at least that benefit of the doubt. And I was so annoyed by everything happening. Where I was like, this is fine. I get why you might find it funny. 
I get why you might enjoy it. It's not for me. And that's okay. <laughs> that you that you didn't like it. That's interesting. It was just it was just it just frustrated me. It, now, I, the thing is again, uh, and I understand why people wouldn't love it per se. It's a weird ass show. It's very weird. Now, but I actually like weird a lot. I mean, not every sort of weird, but I like a lot of weird things. I, I do. Let's let's talk about the flip side of this because that's where that's kind of where I was going with it was pilots suck generally. They're hard to get into, especially like you said with comedies. Now, not that long ago, a couple months back, I I've always been interested in Cheers. I had never I had never seen an episode of Cheers. Yeah, like, yeah, you told me you've been watching a lot, or at least had been watching a right. bunch of it. So I was like, oh, it's on Netflix. I'll give it a go. I'll give it three episodes to decide whether or not I'm into it. That's that's what I set out to to decide if I wanted to stick with it. I played it, started watching it, watching the pilot. The pilot ends, and Kim walks in the room, and I was like. This is the best pilot that I've seen. Huh. I was th- I was that impressed by it, and I thought it was it engaged me. I understood the characters. I loved everyone. Like I I and their characters have stuck with everything that they've defined in that episode throughout. And it's it's just it was just really well done, and it it that stuck with me because I was like I it's exactly what I said to her it was like I've never I haven't seen a pilot that landed at this good where. It didn't take all this time for me to get the character chemistry and to get involved with them. They just they they were who they are, like out of the gate. They just ran into it, and it worked. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially as you mentioned in a comedy. And I I just thought it was very unique. Now the other day, I was listening to another podcast that I absolutely love, which I've mentioned numerous times before, the Armchair Expert, Dak Shepard's podcast, and he had Ted Danson on because he is in. <laughs> The Good Place, and they were doing a whole Good Place thing where they're, they're having multiple characters from the show do, do his podcast. His wife is in the show as well. Got him so, so, uh, <laughs> Ted, yeah, that, that makes it clear. His wife is the co star, like the, the, the one of the two headliners of the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Ted Danson was on, and they, they ended up, they were going through like his, his career and his stuff, and they were talking about Cheers, and Dak Shepard stops him, and he goes, Now that was one of the best pilots of all time. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's not just me. <laughs> like, this is actually a thing. And then I started looking into it. It's like, it's a recognized thing of it being a very positive, well-received pilot. So I, that's interesting. I've, I've never seen Cheers. Like, I've seen very little clips here and there. Um, but circling back to Sorry, kind I have to say how- well-acclaimed pilot in in time so go on yeah what were you saying? circling back to what we were talking about before which this has all been a kind of a cool transition to the whole kill a narrative thing to what we were going with next um but what we started with earlier with the mandalorian and what i expect from that show as far as production um i expect that one to have i mean again it may be a lot to give you all at once you'll know some stuff because it's star wars you know you always have a baseline but it'll be yeah. a ton of new characters and location and time and all that stuff um but I expect it to be a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I expect it to look good. And what you were saying, what as you were talking about that, oh, it's the best pilot I've ever seen. It made me immediately do an inventory. Of, oh, what are the, what did stand out in my mind is being a particularly excellent pilot. The pilot for Game of Thrones was very good, mm-hmm. but still did it. it it, it suffered from a the lot pilot of, tropes. <laughs> it suffered from them a little bit, although it was very true to. The beginning of the book, actually. Um, the very start of that show was nearly a shot-for-shot shot 
representation of the first few chapters of the book. Mm -hmm. So um, as much as you may say, it's just the trope of starting anything off, really. Yeah. But some of the production stuff itself, you can see it rose above. Some of the stuff, not so. The best pilot I can think of off the top of my head that I've seen is Westworld. Uh, that's that's fair. That is a really solid pilot. That it just talking about look. It looks like Game of Thrones looks now. Actually, it might be better. And Game of Thrones has been on for eight seasons. It has, or it's all coming up to the eighth season, it has all of the money behind it, yep. all of the support behind it. Westworld looked like that. It's got that from, Nolan also. <laughs> yeah, it's got from day one. It looks like a full maturation show. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That was, and which is that's why it was so. It's so frustrating for me to to not have seen the rest of it because I know how good it is. Yeah, and I, I just... and I still haven't sat down to watch the second season. I've heard mixed reviews about it, mm-hmm. um, but the first season was very good, and the pilot. Just like I can't even think of anything else that measures up even close. Game of Thrones probably comes up the closest, and it still struggled with some of the pilot aspects. Westworld knocked it out of the park. Absolutely, no, hundred percent agree. That uh, if you haven't seen the pilot of Westworld, man, that that final sequence is just if if that doesn't hook you, which like something you weren't paying attention, like that, <laughs> like. It's solid. It's really well crafted. Ah, God, I love it. I, I love that. I love. I love Nolan. <laughs> Nolans, all of them. Nolans, assorted Nolans. Assorted Nolans. I'll take them all. Uh, do you have any other? I got one more. Not it's super nugget. Very tiny. Well, super small nugget. Uh, do it because I have a marginally bigger nugget. And then okay, we'll get cool. To final so there's bigger. a uh, Aladdin poster. For the live-action Aladdin movie coming out, nothing, nothing crazy, just the lamp, really. Uh, I'm very excited because I love Aladdin. Uh, yeah, that was my really the first movie that I remember enjoying. It's so good. It's, it's like so my favorite funny. movie as a as a kid. Now, here's the thing, you know, I, immediately everybody's gonna compare the genie, like at, at when the movie comes out. But this is what, one of those things. It's not. It's a little bit different going from cartoon to live action, like the comparisons that people are going to make, but the people are still going to make those comparisons. Um, I think it's an interesting, I, I think the choice of Will Smith for the genie is, is going to be funny. I think he's going to, I, he can, I be hope his, so. he can, I don't he know can be hysterical. So would you say? I said, I, I hope so. I don't know what to think about him anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But if he, if he can really lean into his old school style of funny, it'll work. I, I hope so. But I actually, uh, my friend sent me actually Damien, who was on the episode last week, sent me a gift the uh, earlier of uh, a scene from Fresh Prince, which is one of my favorite scenes from the show. Where um, do you remember the character names? The daughter. Bill. No, I know Will. <laughs> Thanks, Carlton. Ashley. Was her name Ashley? I think it was Ashley. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Well, she's she's dancing in her room. She's got headphones on, and she's doing like this. Like she's like really into the music, and she's dancing. And Will opens the door and sees her, and she doesn't see him because she's facing the other way. And he just starts doing the same dance behind her, and it's just a it's a wonderful, it's just a great scene, and it always makes me crack up. Uh, if you just you know, gift search dancing Fresh Prince, it's probably gonna be the first or second that comes up, but it's it's wonderful. Aunt Viv. Aunt Viv. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I've never seen that scene. I, I've, I remember watching that show some as a kid, but I don't really have a lot of memories of it. I didn't. I'm sure I didn't watch the whole show. Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 oh man, awesome. Go on. You have two more things. One more thing. Yeah, I have a small nugget that's kind of fun. Um, it was from an article uh, that was on the Wrap uh, today, and it was even though the title was slightly clickbaity. The rap is fine. It's fine mm-hmm. as a website. Uh, and this was just meant to be supposed to, like a small fun thing. It's 14 stars who gained major weight for roles from Charlize Theron in Monster to Christian Bale in Vice. That's the new. Yeah. If you've seen the trailer for the new one where he plays Dick Cheney, mm-hmm. you would never know that that was Christian Bale if you didn't know it was Christian Bale. That's funny. So I'm going to scroll through this quickly because some of them everyone kind of knows about, but some of them I didn't know about, including one particular example um, and some of them had some notes from the making of the movie that I found interesting. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to name some of them. All of them had like a little blurb. I'm not going to read all of them except for the couple that I found interesting. One of them was uh, Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. He put on 60 pounds to play old Jake LaMotta. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio put on 70 pounds for Full Metal Jacket, um, which I did find funny that he said uh, just a quote that he had about it because he was not famous yet. I think that was his first real big role. He said, women didn't look at me. Most of the time I was looking at their backs because they were running away. <laughs> People used to th- say things to me twice because they thought I was stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Charlize Theron in Monster. She put on, I think, 30 pounds. Um, but she said she didn't do it because Eileen, Eileen um, Warnos was the character. It was a real-life person. Um that, that, I don't know if you knew that about that movie. I've never actually seen it myself. Mm-hmm. I've seen about five minutes of it. Um, it's, she said, it wasn't about getting fat. Eileen wasn't fat. Eileen carried scars on her body from her lifestyle. And if I'd gone to make this movie with my body, physically, I'm very athletic. I don't know that I would have been able to feel the things that Eileen felt with her body. It was about getting to a place where I felt closer to how she was living. Mm. Interesting. We had uh, Renee Zellweger for one of the Bridget Jones movies. George Clooney for Syriana. Did he break uh, his back in that movie? I don't know. They didn't I say think, anything about I that. I think the, it was that movie. He just said that it was a grueling experience. There was nothing fun about it. There was not a moment that was fun about shooting this movie. And that's not meant to be a slap on the film or director Stephen Gagan. It's just that everybody has that year where you age a decade. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Jared Leto in the movie Chapter 27, which I've never heard of before. It was in 2007. He put on... Uh, actually, I'll read the whole thing here. Leto told the rap how he simply stopped eating in order to lose 40 pounds for his Oscar-winning turn in Dallas Buyers Club. Mm-hmm. But to portray Mark David Chapman in Chapter 27, the man who killed John Lennon, Leto went in the other direction by putting on a whopping 67 pounds, saying he subsided primarily on microwaved cartons of ice cream mixed with olive oil and soy sauce. Ah, uh, okay. There's better ways. God no, apparently, well, I don't know about adding the olive oil and soy sauce, but the ice cream thing actually comes up a couple of times in this one. Mm-hmm. Microwaved ice cream, because like, you can just like drink it down like a shake. Oh, my God. Uh, Russell Crowe bulked up, well, they didn't say what his starting weight was, but he bulked up to 257 in Body of Lies, um, and then he ended up dropping a ton of weight right after that to be in Robin Hood. Mm. Uh, Matt Damon put on 30 pounds for the informant. This, this one I found interesting. Ryan Gosling for The Lovely Bones in 2009. Audiences never actually got to see this physical transmission on screen. Oh, man. Ryan Gosling was fired from his part in The Lovely Bones when he showed up on set 60 pounds overweight. 
bloating up from 150 to 210. He and P- director Peter Jackson, which I didn't know that Peter Jackson directed that. He and director Peter Jackson differed from how his character, a grieving father, <laughs> should look. Gosling said he gained the weight by drinking melted down pints of haagen ice cream. A slimmer Mark Wahlberg ended up playing Gosling's part. <laughs> oh my god, that's so weird. <laughs> that's such a slap in the face. Like, hey, I'm super serious about this role. Let me gain all this weight because that's how I see this character. And Peter Jackson just saying, nah. Nah. Hey. <laughs> Uh, now, it's not all bad because uh, the next year, Blue Valentine came out with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams, so apparently holding on to that weight was a positive for that role. Uh, for their film, Blue Valentine, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams played both young lovers and a scorned, bitter, married couple in middle age and on the edge of divorce. In order to make some nude scenes in the film depressingly realistic, both Gosling and Williams put on some weight to look older. Oh my god. Well, the, the nude scenes were in the later part of the relationship, so I had gained some weight, and the pudginess I was feeling was almost like wearing a costume. So it didn't really seem as if I were nude, but some other person was, Williams said. All that extra flesh ironically made me feel less nude. Huh. That's a, uh, that's a funny one. Yeah. Um, there's Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. For, oh, right, right. I think it was season seven when he decided that he was going to put on 50 pounds for the next season just because he thought it would be funny in the show. And he, he he ended up losing it all for the next season. And he's like super cut in the the new season that's just started up a few weeks ago. Like so he looks the best he's looked in the entire show. He's got – actually, they played for a joke in the first episode. He just keeps taking his shirt off. And they're like, why? <laughs> why? And he has like a rippling six-pack. That's like, great. How is this the same dude? Uh, there was one by Christian Bale on American Hustle, which everyone knows about. He put on 45 pounds. Uh, but I did think this was kind of entertaining because um, everyone knew that how super skinny he got for The Machinist. Uh, Robert De Niro didn't recognize him on set because of how fat he was and because the whole the wig and the shaving the head oh and whatever. And stuff like that. Uh, Matthew McConaughey hard. put on a bunch of weight for gold. Ewan McGregor put on a bunch of weight for Fargo where he was playing twins, but one of them was fat and one of them was skinny. And he put on so much weight for the fat twin that he had to wear like a girdle for the skinnier one because that one was in better shape. Oh my God. Um, Charlize Theron again for that movie that came out earlier this year, Tully. She put on 50 pounds for that. And then there's Christian Bale. Um, I honestly, I'm looking at a picture of him right now sitting in a chair as Dick Cheney. Would never ever know. That's so crazy. He's gonna, he's gonna die from all that because he goes to extremes. Well, he's probably been the most extreme, and we've already heard the stories with Tom Hanks. Like he got diabetes from doing this, basically. That's crazy. Jared Leto and, and Christian Bale have done as bad or worse than he did. So, yeah, I'm looking up this. This is ridiculous. That's him. As Dick Cheney, yeah. Holy shit. That is unbelievable. Look up. Go. Just go. Stop. Pause. <laughs> go look this up. That is absurd. This is even more absurd transformation than Gary Oldman as um, Winston Churchill. Yeah. Because I don't even see like prosthetics in this. Like he's wearing prosthetics with Gary Oldman. This is just him. Yeah, that's like like he shaved his head creepy. and he's got white hair, which I'm sure they dyed his hair, but still. Yeah. Holy crap. Like he actually shaved his head to make himself look bald in American Hustle. That's absolutely nuts. I have to I have to watch that trailer now because I'm very curious. Weird. That's that's that is an extreme to go to. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh, didn't you have another segment? I have one final segment. All right, that let's we, do it. Uh, this won't be, a, again, probably won't be a weekly one, but it'll be a maybe monthly, maybe every other episode, something like that. It's just simply called, what are we watching? Oh, oh yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, because I've just knocked out a whole bunch of shows on TV. I've knocked, uh, and Netflix and everything. Try to pick, I usually pick one show to like binge at a yeah. time. You, you know, just to knock out all the way. Like I just, I knocked out the whole new season of Bojack, the season of Iron Fist, Luke Cage. Um, and then a couple of new shows are starting up. Always Sunny's been on for a couple of weeks. South Park, Family Guy just started back up, um, which actually had a really good first episode, which like much better than any of that they've had for a couple of seasons, despite the fact that when I read the synopsis of the first episode, I cringed so bad oh, I no. pulled a muscle in my back. Um, and I'm trying to decide on my next big undertaking. I think I'm going to watch the new season of American Vandal, if you haven't seen the first season of that, it's incredible. Okay. Um, but I think I'm going to take down The Sopranos soon. Ooh. Interesting. Maybe we should do that together. Yeah. As in, like, we don't have to watch it, like, together. But we could have, like, we a can... weekly, like... Yeah, a little catch-up session. Powwow. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I, I think um, I'd be on board with that. You know, I, with shows like that, or The Wire, which I finished earlier this year... Um, like people get it. Oh my god! I can't believe you haven't watched that yet. Listen, if the show is airing currently, and you say that, and it's one of those like types of shows, yeah. okay, like whatever. Like The Sopranos started when I was nine. Yeah, you, you're like you can't believe it. You had bad parents. That's <laughs> that's like, what your yeah, reaction. Like my parents were very responsible. I remember they started watching from the very beginning of the show. I remember. Hey, what are you guys watching? Something that you're not. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's totally fair. Like, I watched most of the last two seasons of that show because those aired while I was in high school and okay. I was, like, 17 years old. Like, um, So I know how the show ended. I, I obviously have a pretty decent feel for what the show was all about. Um, but even that, it's been 10 years since that show ended. Mm-hmm. I, Other than the very end of the show, I honestly don't remember that much from even the last... I watched probably 90% of the final two seasons. Mm-hmm. And... Like I, cause I, I'm sure I missed an episode here and there, and like I got filled in with what was going on right before I sat down to watch the the next week's episode because that was like pre DVR, at least pre DVR in our house. Um, I definitely watched this like the entirety of the second half of the final season, right? Because at that like okay, like, I got to make sure I'm sitting down to watch it at this point. Like I'm I'm in on it, but I honestly don't remember much from it at this point. It's become such a cultural, um, I don't know. I don't have a good word for the... I'm sure there's a better word than the, the words that I don't have right now. Uh, <laughs> it's an important part of the culture. That's a better way to phrase it. Okay. Um, so I want to sit down and take it just like I did with The Wire and I've done with other older... Like Breaking Bad, I didn't watch until right when it ended. Like I knocked yeah. out the whole thing. Same thing with Dexter. I got, I got in under the... I got to watch the last two weeks of the show live. Like, So I, I, I'm trying to make up for past mistakes, but I don't really consider much of a mistake. Like, sure, I could have watched it any time over the last several years, but I don't consider much of a mistake considering the show kicked off in 1999. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. That's one of the, that's definitely one that's kind of been on my list of things that I would like to get into at some point, but I'm not like jumping to do it. And it's like when I do, it'll be I'm sure it'll be great. And I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But it's a it's a heavy undertaking. It's yeah, I think there were nine lot. seasons. Yeah. 
hour-long episodes. What are we talking, yeah. like 10 episodes a season? I think they're 10. Yeah, so, it'll be, you know, it, it's a lot. Um, yeah, you, uh, you watch, I think you watch more than I do. Let me see. Let's go. Well, through. I definitely slowed down in recent months because there was the end of the baseball season and football season kicked off. Um, so my watching has mostly slowed down. Yeah. Um, although I did have a good surge getting through Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Gotcha. I am. Yeah, I, I do want to watch those. I have not. Not yet. I I really, really want to watch Punisher. I just haven't I haven't gotten into like the let me start this. Like, like I feel like because I know that it's like an investment, I know that I'm not going to finish it in one sitting because I don't do that. Uh, part of me is like wanting that, like the completion of the story, knowing that I'm not going to get it for a while. It's like I don't even start it just yet. It's a weird thing. Okay. I, um, I'm currently finishing, finally finishing the sixth season of Arrow. I've got like two episodes left. And okay. man, that show turned around in the second half. They did it did a reverse Luke Cage, and it's just it absolutely has me engaged at this point. Like I'm so into it, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm glad it did because when that show started, I was super super into it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, as the years went on, and they started like introducing more people and like trying to do more things because they just didn't know what else to do, it started to get a little bland. But uh, and this the first half of the season was like the culmination of all of the garbage that they have done so far. And I was like, Oh boy, is this it? Am I done after this? <laughs> but they, they really turned it around in the, uh, in the second half of the season. So I'm excited to finish that up and just in time, because I think the next season started tonight. <laughs> so oh, is it? I didn't, I it, it's, heard. it's soon. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll do that. I know flash started the other day. Um, so flash flash is up and running. I haven't watched it yet, but I will be watching that as they air uh riverdale is back i'm a big fan of riverdale i don't think i knew you watched that oh yeah i i love it uh kim and i are super into that one so flash riverdale uh walking dead has returned Uh, yeah i didn't watch that yet. walking dead is absolutely way better without commercials Uh, (laughs) uh, so much just that is the appropriate way to watch that show since it is mostly a garbage party um it's you know i got through the first episode and i was like cool like it's it's just there at this point i don't i don't know i'm like i'm so invested i don't even know what to do with myself anymore <laughs> i feel like it would be good for me to just stop i watching the, i really the the my biggest interest in this season is seeing how andy lincoln leaves the show well we discussed a few andy weeks lincoln. ago where i was i was seriously considering i'm just gonna watch until he's done and then i'll leave mm-hmm I don't know if it'll work out. I don't. I, I. I'm not making that. Maybe I should just do it. Rip the bandaid. But I don't know. Yeah. Well. We'll see. I. I can. I can clue you in every time there's an episode that's worth watching. So. Um. You can probably wait seven weeks. And then <laughs> well, watch I guess, the mid-season finale. <laughs> what I'm. I think what I'm just gonna do from now on is I'm gonna treat it like one of my shows. That I put on while I'm doing stuff. Does anything if if the if the ninety seconds of import of that show happen, I could rewind. Yeah. yeah and the other forty five minutes that don't matter, I'll just kind of breeze through while doing other things. Like I'm not going to make yep. it one of my shows. I sit down to watch. It's going to happen in the background. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, so I'm watching that Walking Dead, Flash, Arrow, Riverdale, final season of Big Bang Theory. Um. Watch anything else? 
Oh, did you, I, I did have you, two did, episodes left of Better Call Saul. You didn't get around to it. I'm glad yeah. I didn't spoil anything for you, really. Not yet. With that text that earlier today. <laughs> I'll be finishing that up. And I think... And and cheers. <laughs> but I think... Uh, oh, I, I thought you had finished. I didn't realize you were still... No, no. I, I, I went for like a, a few like day, like days in a row like for a couple of weeks on like you know watching episode after episode after episode and now i'm just like okay you know i can do i can do another 25 minutes of a show and i'll throw that on because it's like low effort (laughs) like just i'm gonna enjoy it it's fun fun to throw on even in the background if i don't really want to fully pay attention it's kind of fun so uh, that's that'll be there for a while because i feel like i've spent a lot of time watching it and i think i just finished the first season so uh, well, that was probably like one of those ones where it's like each season's like forty episodes. Yeah, it was like I think it was twenty three or something. Yeah, like that. that's I think that's the standard uh, twenty yeah. or twenty four, whatever is the standard like network like comedy like half hour comedy type show. Yeah, so that's that's it. I oh I also um, I'm a little bit behind on it, but I also watched last week tonight. I'm not sure if, sure if that's over or not. I I don't know I don't know when it takes its breaks, but uh, I, I'm yeah. Little, I'm I, like I always get thrown off by those that. sorts of shows like having seasons. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's always one of those things where it's like, well, no, it's it should it's it's a, it's a news ish yeah. show. It's every week, you know. There's gonna be the odd week you take off or whatever, like you know, maybe you don't do it on Christmas, but like, you know, or New Year's or whatever. But like, yeah, but like it, it should just be running all year. Oh no, you only you only run for what 40, 30 episodes a year. Okay, that's yeah, that's not that's not weekly. <laughs> right, it's it's strange, but uh, that I, that show cracks me up. I I love that, and uh, I think that's really. That's it. I mean, that's that is a, that is a lot. Yeah. Um. But it's this time of year that I watch that stuff. Like all summer long, I really didn't watch anything. Uh. And then I was like, oh right, I should probably watch Better Call Saul when you brought that up, and I got back into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. How glad are you that you did? Oh, I'm so glad. It's so damn good. <laughs> yeah, the, finale, the finale was good. Uh, I'm excited. One well, more. Se- did we just did we figure out yet if there's only gonna one more season or what? Well, um, so I missed the announcement that they confirmed that they're coming back for the, for the fifth season. They're coming back for a fifth season. Okay. Um, technically, the end of it could have been the end of the show. Ooh. But it wouldn't have made for a great end other than the very final, like, three seconds. Okay. Really, just the final line of the of the finale. Oh, nice! That's um, exciting. I'm. I can't wait. I can't wait to get there. Which I don't really want to spoil for you because it's it, it's a little fun. No. Um, yeah, you're, but, you're uh, not going to spoil it for me because you're not a monster. I'm not. Uh, not usually, at least. Um, I may call you that at some point, but the monster. Yeah, I think I, I think I might have called you a monster at some point. I'm sure you've called me something analogous to it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll do this every every few episodes. Yeah, we'll, I like we'll, we'll it. Yeah, check check back in. Check back in. Like right now, we're, we're watching what's of, good. Right now, I'm watching a lot of football. Hockey just kicked off. Mm-hmm. Well, the puck just dropped on the season. I guess it's a better way to say it. Um, because it's not football. Um, yeah, you know, football, hockey, baseball's dead to me now. Um, <laughs> I don't really care about baseball that much. I'm sure I'll watch some of that too. But sure. Sweet. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Yes. Let's hear. We go. Uh, <laughs> Venom. So a lot of times when we do this show, we get into this part, I kind of take over because we've done, we've just gone through the news and I like to ramble into 
the 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 opening of this, give you my impressions of the movie. I'm gonna. I have a sense this that one. this is gonna be a, a ebb and flow one. I do. I, I I you're better at taking the reins, yeah. setting the, and I kind of sprinkle in my quips and my points and my rants. That um, we're hearing some good reviews on last week's rant to kick off. Yeah. The episode. If you're listening to this episode and you did not listen to our episode on A Quiet Place, some of our finest work, <laughs> surely by accident, to kick off our discussion of A Quiet Place at the it beginning of that good. segment of the show. Um, I know a bunch of people actually got in touch with me when they heard we were doing with Quiet, A Quiet Place. Uh, some of them have listened, some of them not had got a chance to. I really... We want to hear from you about that episode because we had fun <laughs> doing it, even if it was unintended fun. <laughs> oh, it was a disaster, but in the best possible way. Yes. So with Venom, I actually failing our weights at the top. <laughs> I want to take I want to take a little bit of a different approach because I would like to hear your reaction and immediate impressions before mine. My most immediate impression is that I have seen this story one time before, executed more succinctly, and just all around better. And that was a brief run in the third season of Arrested Development, the Graf vs. Host storyline. I, I don't remember. <laughs> when Tobias gets the hair plugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and the hair plugs become just gorgeous yep. flowing locks because they're slowly eating Tobias from the inside out. <laughs> And this movie does that over the course of a good hour and a half where you get about maybe 15 minutes of screen time across a couple of episodes in Arrested Development. It's a much better job of this storyline. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's so ridiculous. Did you, did you enjoy the movie? That's a complicated question to answer. So. Uh, one of my notes here was that brevity may have been its saving grace. Okay. The movie was only about an hour and a half. But the problem that I have with that is that the first 45 minutes is the setup for this movie. And those 45 minutes felt like an hour and a half. Hmm. Um, that being said, in the second half of this movie, I still wouldn't call it good but it was at least fairly entertaining. Okay. Okay. Fair. Fair take. The, we, we discussed, was it in last week's episode or the week before? It was last week's episode. I sent you guys, I think I was reading all of you guys, the tweet length reviews of the movie. Yep. The thing that said the worst thing since Catwoman. Mm -hmm. This may be the worst superhero movie since Catwoman. It's not as bad as Catwoman. My probably the best way to describe this movie is it was better than I feared, certainly far worse than I would have hoped. Interesting. Okay. So that's that's kinda of, I had a feeling that's where you were gonna come in on. It's it. not good. It's clunky a lot in a lot of ways. There is some very good aspects to it. Within this cake, there are kernels of I don't know why I picked cake before going to kernels. That's weird. What I don't kind know of cake why. are you eating? <laughs> I, as as very I strange. Like, I don't want that cake. I don't either. I don't. I don't want. The, I don't even want the metaphor for the cake. <laughs> what do I do within this thing? Within this whole structure, there are elements of it that could have made a good movie. It didn't mm -hmm. make that good movie, 
But there are positives to this that we can get into. Okay. So let's. I, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad to have let you go first. I'm glad that I'm probably. Uh, I I probably agree with you on certain aspects of it, but definitely not the whole thing. There's I, a lot of problems. There's sure. That's fine. There's there's problems. There's especially if you want to critique it as like a film or <laughs> for sure. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I actually I, I, really I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it the whole way through. Oh no, no, no. So, the first half was mostly bad. My only problem, I just, I, I actually, I really liked, I liked getting into it. I liked what they did with the character. I liked the setting. I, uh, I just, I had fun, and I didn't think that it was nearly as bad as um, the quick impressions that I've read. Because, as you know, I don't read full reviews before I see a movie. I didn't think it was nearly as bad as those made it out to be. I thought it was. I actually thought it was. I I came away from that going. I'm gonna buy that, and I'm gonna watch it again because I had fun. I I. I'll probably watch it again, but I'm definitely not gonna buy it. I liked what they did with the character. I liked that it wasn't the same old Venom story, but it was enough. And I liked that the the Venom character had a little bit more to him than I had previously gotten in other. Yes, aspects. that was one of the bright spots. In fact, the brightest spot of this movie, unquestionably, is. The relationship between Eddie and Venom is, is is incredible. Like it's it's like one of those when we talk about like the first Thor, where it's like the first half of the movie they did all this and they ran out of money, and that's why the second half is yep. shot on a back lot. Um, this movie clearly poured eighty percent of its resources. I don't want to say money, resources like time, energy, intelligence into that relationship, and it was very well done. I. I very much liked them building up the character of Eddie Brock, building up the character that Riz Ahmed played. What was the character's name? Uh, yes, they chose to name the guy played by a Pakistani guy, um, Carlton Drake, the whitest name you could name. Carlton, Carlton Drake, right. Uh, I liked what they did with him. I liked his character. I liked like the motivations and all that. I, I think that the two of them playing opposites worked really well. I think they uh, they they do a, it's a really cool thing. This happens in a lot of a lot of movies where there's like a really great uh, like force between like the two like the, the protagonist and the antagonist of the movie. They keep them apart for the majority of it. Like so, there's probably too long. There's two. Se- I disagree with that. I think there were two sequences of that where they were on screen together. The first where it's the first time where we're setting them up for confrontation early on, and then the end when they're actually like kind of battling each other. Like you get, you get a lot of space in between that and it, it builds, it builds towards when they're going to meet again, which I, which I actually appreciated. And I, I thought it was executed. I thought that stuff was executed. Well, uh, this leads me into the uh, before pre spoiler stuff. This leads me into what I was talking about a little bit earlier, which is uh, what, how, what, what did you say that segment was going to be called where we put something to bed? Kill the narrative. Kill the narrative. I have read many times since this thing, since the movie has been like been since seen the gag by reviewers and all this. I have read many times that Venom is a '90s, a movie stuck in the '90s that came out today. No, I been, heard. I heard. Um, a portal was opened to 2004. Which I actually very much agreed with. <laughs> so there, you can. That's kind of similar to what these other ones were saying, like these other headlines about nine. I disagree with that. Um, and my problem with it is that was a very repetitive thing that I heard from multiple sources. 
where I was like, it didn't feel like an original opinion anytime it was written. It almost felt like it was just a regurgitated thing over and over well, again. Well, I, I heard it, but I didn't really hear the, 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 the justification for it. So I didn't have that predisposition in that way. Um, but I will tell you that about eight minutes into the movie when he hops on the motorcycle to go to work for the first time, I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> when he jumps on the motorcycle and the way that they're playing like the music over it and the whole thing and they're showing the montage of his show, I was like, Yes, this could have easily been in Spider-Man 2. So, and that's funny that you say that because what I experienced watching it was I thought that this movie fit very nicely between what we have today and those movies. I felt like it was almost like a missing link. It does feel a little bit of a hybridization of the style, but between that and having Eminem over the credits. <laughs> yeah, um, which I, that I can, and I can see that. I can agree with that too. Very, I actually liked getting back to that basics of like, let's have a song written for this thing. Kind of, but it was it's so cheesy. Oh, it's cheesy as hell. I'm not gonna. I'm and not that's gonna argue why, like, with the, that. The, the criticism of the whole 2004 thing it does strike a chord to some degree. Whether you can argue the semantics of how much, yeah. Um, but there, I definitely see it, and because I the thing is, I I actually had read that Eminem did a song for the for the movie. Completely forgot until the song started playing, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I feel like some of those things though almost feel like an homage to those those movies of that time, which I appreciate. And then it doesn't quite hit like, you know, the gravity that you'll get in like a new, in a Marvel movie. It's probably closer to what DC was trying to do with some of their movies. Mm, suffers okay. from some of the same. And issues. I actually think it elevated over something like a Batman for Superman. This is probably, no, 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 no. It, it does. It's much better and again, than that. The fact that it's an hour shorter than that movie. I'm saying, I think that this is what, like what came out of this is what they were going for and failed at. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think actually another aspect of the whole 2004 thing is that I think about at that time, the movies that were coming out, Spider-Man, Spider-Man two, Daredevil was in 2003, I think. All that's all those movies coming out at the time or within that couple of that that time period banded plus or minus couple two or three years. It's a lot of origin story movies, and that's what this is. And it suffers big time from the origin story thing. Like it didn't learn anything from the mistakes of those movies. That is an issue. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with its its telling of the origin story. There's a lot of wasted space and killed momentum. That's the issue, especially in the first half. But even through the course of it, I have one. We can do this like pre-spoilers because it's not really a spoiler. Do you thing. Wanna, you, hang on. Let's I, I let's pause there for a second. These are the two different sides of it, which I really love. I would say let's just lift it so that we don't have to worry about like dancing around anything. Okay, that's fine. So if you if you agree mostly with me, you'll have a good time with this. If you agree mostly with Al. You probably won't be mad that you saw it. It would be my guess. No, it, it was fun. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I had fun watching the second half of it, especially. And I, um, I came out of it, and Kim and I both looked at each other, and we were like, "That was good." Like I, I had a lot of fun watching that. This was definitely better than everybody chalked it up to be for me, for us. Yeah, I, I, I actually would agree with that to a certain extent. I think it's slightly better than what the consensus was. Oh, and one last thing, pre-spoiler that I will say is it does a a if you want a, a throwback, it does a sequel build like the movies of old. Yes, and it's done really well and exciting, and I, I liked that potentially. So, and that's in a post-credit scene. So if you're going to go see the movie, make sure you stick around for that. It's like mid, it's mid-credit actually. Yeah, actually, I was pleasantly surprised with how 
towards the front it was because mm-hmm. a lot of times the mid credit thing is more like two thirds of the way through and this is like one third of the way through the credits which were yeah. very long yeah long credits at one There's, point there is also was, a post credit scene yes um well less scene. less essential but no less fun yeah um I, actually i i remember thinking you know and it's with with movies like this that are very cgi heavy you're going to get a very long credits but I remember at one point there was just a wall of names that went unbroken for like 90 seconds. It's like, yeah. it's been going on so long. I don't remember what these names are for. So they're not serving any purpose. Right. <laughs> like, I don't remember what subheading this was under. <laughs> I hear you. Um, Sweet. So let's, let's lift the veil and go ahead. So another spoilers, guys. Um, not that this thing Spo- will be a spoiler. Spoilers. So you still have a time. I just don't want you to forget. You have time before we get to the spoilers. Um, another thing, like with the wasted space. Um, we know what an establishing shot is, right? Mm-hmm. Did we need 37 establishing shots of the Life Foundation? And this is a nitpicky thing, but it's just as a movie that already was stripped down in runtime where we hear the, the 40 minutes of the movie that Tom Hardy enjoyed the most, none of it made it on screen. And like I said, it's only an hour and a half movie, even though it feels a lot longer, or maybe it was an hour and 35, yeah. something like that. I, I definitely didn't feel that way, so I, I just I disagree with that sentiment, but go on. Um, every time that we go back to the Life Foundation, they had an, a full establishing shot, which was cool the first eight times. And I, I'm exaggerating when I say 37. There was a fucking lot of them. Like we get it eventually. Like show me what's going on. Let's yeah. see what the story is. You're telling me a story. Let's see the story. Every time you go back to a lab, I know you're in the Life Foundation. You don't have to show me that very clearly CGI, um, image of this building on the side of a cliff. <laughs> like. I, I get where we are now. When they, you're showing me they, somebody like, spent all that time on that asset, they're like, "Show the asset again." <laughs> yeah, I kind of, and it's like one of those things where if it's like if it was of a real life thing, and it was like really like any other movie, an establishing shot of any other thing that you're not doing and playing it up as a joke, you would get three times. Mm-hmm. Like think about any of the Star Wars, like like establishing shots of the Death Star, we get like three of them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why it irritated me after a certain point where it like it felt like it was it had to have easily been like the twelfth time. I was like, guys, I get it. We're going back to Life Foundation. Like, <laughs> like fine. <laughs> but we're, we're just just be in the building. I I, I know where we are. I know. Like, I know that these is characters. the only lab you've shown this whole movie. <laughs> maybe maybe the movie was made knowing that a lot of people are going to be on their phones. Come on, man. <laughs> How about the other labs where they're doing very, not just questionable, just blatantly, ridiculously over the top science experiments on living people? <laughs> what other rooms are we doing this in movie? And we have to get into all sorts. Like, I know I'm usually the guy who does that when it comes to like science. And the, when it comes to the science part of sci fi, right? I'm the one who chafes against those things. Mm-hmm. I have I have notes on that shit. Okay. <laughs> so, I, it's like it's a pretty nitpicky thing, but like, it's just so clunky. Why do we need so many goddamn establishing shots? So, so this is all this this all branched off of the uh, the Venom second that well two thousand four ninety whatever, uh, which is I had mentioned the killing the narrative theme that we were talking about earlier. I where I, I can agree with certain shots and certain pieces of it like resembling that. I like I said I think they're more of an homage. So I would I would kill that this whole movie is stuck there. I do think that yeah. it references oh, that's, those that's, things. That's true. So like let's that's, and that's the foundation of what of the things that I've read is the whole movie is like that. And it's well, it's, it's just think, not. That's just a that's, that's just I wrong. It's a lot of it's just the vibe of the movies at the time, all of them being primarily um origin story movies yeah. where like that's where the argument's falling. But yes, as far as the specifics of this, 
the majority of the movie is not that. You're correct. And then there's there's one other one that fits so nicely into the same theme of killing the narrative. I absolutely love it. So <laughs> Kim and I were talking like quietly about this because we weren't like we weren't sure like are we allowed to say this? We were like we both decided that we feel like we've been tricked into thinking Michelle Williams is a good actress. See, I haven't seen her in anything else really to have much of an opinion on her. She wasn't good in this movie, but they really didn't give her much to do. They didn't give her much to do. It was also I just thought it was a poor it just didn't the character themselves like there was no there was no real chemistry between them at all. I didn't That's feel That's definitely true. Yes. But on the other hand, Jenny Slate, I thought was really good. <laughs> No, I couldn't take Dr. Mona Lisa Saperstein seriously. So that's funny that you say that because I, originally that's what I used to think every time I saw her, right? Because that's that. That's the really the thing. only other thing I've seen her in. So now I've seen her in a couple of things now, and I I, I do think I think she's a very good actress, and I I actually was much more I much more believed her, and Kim was like, oh, I kind of wish those two got together instead, <laughs> and then. And we're in spoiler territory. When she dies, she goes, oh, man, they killed her? <laughs> That's what you I, hear at the I, I will say the way that they treated her in this movie was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> she's my sister, and she's the worst. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what yeah, no, that's really the only thing I've seen her in other than this. And she's good as the worst character on that show. She's Money, the please. worst. <laughs> money please <laughs> technically i've not done anything wrong ever in my life <laughs> Such um, a great character. you know like, i don't like she was just i don't know because that's the only baseline i have for her yeah, this that's, just that's fine it's not like she did a bad job it was just weird no I, I, yeah i i thought she, i thought she was fine and i i think she's I, in other things that i've seen her in lately i i've been noticing more and more that i think she's a good actress but on the other hand her? michelle williams though in the things that i've seen her in i'm like i don't every time you're on screen i don't really care for your character what is she Me? also in so she was in um i know she's on some show on tv we, there was one particular movie. It was one of the Oscar movies that I'm, try, I'm blanking on the name of that Kim and I watched. Manchester by the Sea. Oh, I didn't see that. And that was that. That whole movie was brutal. So I think that that has part partly to do with this. Um, and then there was The Greatest Showman, where I, I was just it. like, eh. And I, there's a handful of other ones where I've always had the same like, eh. Like it's just not nothing. Like it's just very. It just seems like a reading off the page. So to bring it back to Arrested Development, she is Egg. I mean, Anne. <laughs> yeah, it's as plain as the nose on Egg's face. <laughs> no, no, it was no, it's no, it's it's as Anne as the nose on Plain's face. That's the that's run. That's the run. <laughs> Anne is the nose on Plain's face. Exactly. Uh, okay, I'm looking at her thing now. The only other thing I can think of that I've seen her in was Shutter Island, and I actually thought she was pretty good in that. I would have to rewatch it. I was actually trying to thank you for bringing that up. I was trying to think of the name of that goddamn movie the other day, and I just my phone was nowhere near me, and I was just I couldn't it, I couldn't think of it, and it comes full circle when you bring it up. It was a good movie that. that I saw in theaters. It's a tough watch though. Like yeah. I I've only seen a little bit of it again, so it's I've kind one. of forgot some of it. It's yeah, it's really heavy to watch. It's, I it is it is good though. Um, that's that's one of those movies where I've seen it. I won't watch that again. Yeah, I don't have a reason. Uh, she was to watch she that was again. good in that. 
I would she have to watch life. it again to see that she was good in it, but unfortunately, I won't be watching it again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, maybe just just find like a, like clips, clips of it, like where she's in it, because she's not in it much, but yeah. she's a very important role. Um, she she was the wife in that. I don't want to do any spoilers for that movie. Gotcha. Okay. Um, while we're on the topic of her, though, who had the worst wig in this movie? I don't normally notice those things really. Who had the worst wig? Her or Woody Harrelson? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with her. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's no, one that's, of those like, 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 seriously, people have been like, "Oh, that wig's so bad." I'm, I'm like, "What? Like, a person, uh, an actress, or actor, whatever." I'm like, "Wait, that's a wig?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's obvious." I'm like, "Maybe it's you." It's eh, obvious. It hasn't moved the entire scene. <laughs> it was pretty obvious in this, and that was before. I remember that she has like a pixie haircut. <laughs> I, like I looked her up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember seeing her in a commercial for something." That's right. She doesn't actually have hair. <laughs> yes, that's very clearly a wig. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Woody Harrelson's actually thought it went pretty well. So, all right, now that you're bringing him up, let's let's dive into that. So that's what I was talking about earlier of the uh, a nice a tease of a sequel done really well and really exciting for me. I it's it's cheesy. It's campy. I'm fine with all of that. He does a good job, like to the point where I was like, oh, maybe you should have casted him as the Joker. Because yeah. he's crazy and I love him. <laughs> yeah, I've never really, really seen him lean lean into the crazy like that before. Yeah. Um, and he sold it, was, though. Oh, it's really just the one line is great. Yeah. There's going to be carnage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, it is like, it, it might as well be like, he might as well touch his nose. <laughs> like he couldn't. He was clearly in handcuffs and or a straight jacket. <laughs> but uh, no, but yeah, that was that was uh, that that scene was like I knew I knew where they were going with it. I obviously that was a, a fun surprise because I didn't know who it was gonna be. And like just like it starts off with real creepy with him writing the name in blood, and then him being just a straight up psychopath and completely owning owning more of that movie than anybody else with the 10 seconds that he has on screen, which is just like, he's a, he's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> the thing is I, I had seen that he was supposed to be in this movie and then I completely forgot about it. And he wasn't part of any of the promotional material, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw him, I was like, Oh yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I'm on board for him being carnage, even though I know nothing about carnage, but Woody Harrelson clearly in the six seconds he's on screen here, just like chewing up the scenery being even more ridiculous than the most ridiculous of what Tom Hardy gets to do. Mm-hmm. I'm on board for a lot more of that in another movie. That was a thing that I thought was done really well. The genuine surprise on his face when his body does something that he doesn't expect it to, I, he really sold that. <laughs> well, there was a whole bunch of things. So the, the two, there in my mind in this movie, you could boil down the single best moment of the movie down to two options. One, the very girly screech he does when he first sees Venom yep. and gets thrown into the thing. Yep. <laughs> Did not know he could go that high pitch. It was incredible. <laughs> and it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets thrown to the, like, to the wall and gets knocked unconscious. Or it's Venom saying, jump, and then him going to the elevator and pussy. Venom calling him a pussy. <laughs> that, was, that was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> that, that actually, you know what I appreciated about that is it had the, the, the fear roared with laughter. And that scene, and that's because well, the timing is incredible. Oh yeah, the, the cut of it—it's all—it's perfect. And uh, I did—I left a lot. Like there was a lot of fun things happening in the movie. There was some funny. There was some genuinely funny stuff in this. Um, some of it, I think, unintentional, 
where I was laughing at it, not with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's okay. And that's why I said I enjoyed it, even though it wasn't necessarily great. Um, The whole scene where he just dominates the room, literally and metaphorically, at the restaurant. um, Oh, that was Doing his best to outdo any of the most Johnny Deppist of Johnny Depp moments. It was cringy, but it it was funny. Yes, it was one of the... That was, like, when we discussed... I hope it's so bad that it's good. That was one of those moments. Yeah. It was so bad it's good. Like the it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> him, in, him in the lobster tank finally calming down and then mid-sentence just reaching for one of the lobsters. <laughs> that had me hysterical. One of the live lobsters that he yeah, bit right. into the back of. Um, but like <laughs> what about when he's walking through the restaurant and he's grabbing things? He's like, no, dead. And <laughs> as he's grabbing things off plates. Uh, not, no, not just that. He starts grabbing his face. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh man, that uh, honestly, yeah. Here's one of my favorite scenes. Is man, the, the elevator one is pretty great. But one of my favorite scenes <laughs> is the is towards the end where he's sitting on the stoop. Uh, he's talking to Michelle Williams' character, and you, you know it's coming. But even so, when he when he starts talking to himself in his head. During that scene, like you, you're like, like what's wrong? And like, I think she knows or whatever he, whatever he says. Like, it's like, yes, like it's so good. Like he's just gonna hide it. Like he's like, he's like, yeah, he's he's back and he's my buddy and he's gonna stay. Actually, the the best part of that whole thing wasn't that. It was how does Stanley know that there's two of him? Love it. Don't you give up on her, the both of you? I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, it's so it's just so it's just so off the page. It's so good. I I I love that. That 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 cracks me up and stuff. I love that he's still doing it. I love that he is in every movie, like with one silly scene. It's it's so much fun. Yes. What now? Unfortunately, what that led to though was a really fun scene in the bodega that was spoiled. The entire scene is in a trailer. The whole thing. See, that wasn't my issue. Cause, well, so it was one of those things. I did a better job of remembering that it was missing. Uh, unlike, I, rem- I think I talked about it on the episode. I know, I think I'm quite sure that you and I have discussed it regardless, um, where I remembered how much more of The Last Jedi there was because I was like, wait a minute, we still haven't seen that scene with whole red and white. Oh my God, there's at least half an hour of this movie left. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, just like, wow, this has been a fucking toll on me and there's yeah. still a lot more movie left that I completely forgot we're missing out on. Yeah. Um, so I had that same thing where I was like, did they, did they really cut that? It was like the big scene they sold in the fucking trailer and they, they cut this whole thing um, to the point where I actually got mad when they ran the scene because it was very obvious the setup like mm-hmm. could not have been less subtle. Right. The setup early on watching him rob the bodega. It's like, OK, that's how they set up the thing later on. That's clearly the same scene doing it the very last scene of the movie. It was not good storytelling. No, that was that was very poor. That was poorly done, and that's not. It was it was poorly done because of uh, for me it was because of the the trailer piece. I could see it still being an issue even if you didn't see the trailer, but more so because I know I mean, exactly scene for scene how it's going to play out, and I know it's the end of the movie. So it's like the movie's the movie's essentially over. Like so, yeah. why, like, why are we doing this? The other issue I had with it, and I have with a lot of action sequences and a lot of movies is I've. I've become bored by action sequences, like over the top things, unless there's something really amazing that happens. But yeah, you've, you sh- you've said that, and and I thought about that specifically through the lens of you. Yeah. While watching this movie, 
And I've come around on that, like your perspective on it to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I took stock of it during this was there's a couple of times they did things that I very much didn't expect okay. or I've never quite seen before. And so like that'll like, like get me, you know what I mean? For- it's like, like, oh, I've never seen it before. That was pretty cool. You know what I right, mean? which and that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, because that would be fine. Like I like if it's I'm okay with an action sequence if I don't see if I don't know what's going to happen. But when I've seen ninety percent of it six hundred times in the trailer that is aired before everything that I've watched, it takes yes, away from true. the experience. It's like that motorcycle sequence. It probably would have been cool enough, or like kind of like, ooh, what's going to happen here? If you saw it for the first time in the context of the movie. Yeah, I was actually on my phone during that scene. It was, and honestly. I, for all the times I blame you for being on your phone, I don't blame you for that one. Well, I was on my phone because I took that opportunity to scroll down some notes before I forgot them. That's fair. But that was just – it was just – all right. Like, let's get past this scene to things that I haven't seen already because yeah. I, I like to actually watch the movie. Not Well, that was like conversely um, the scene in the apartment, which is the first thing that we're really shown of his action. They actually did a good job in the trailer of not showing. Yes, I, I agree with and that. That scene was much cooler in the movie. And yep. I was like, oh, this is some cool stuff. This is what you have to take advantage of with a character like Venom. Yep. And I agree with as that. much as I found that the climax of this movie suffered from DC action sequence in that it was 100% cgi at all times which admittedly with that sort of character is going to happen um so you get a little bit more leash but it was still a little bit ridiculous some of the stuff they did with the fight between riot and venom was pretty cool specifically is the fight gets more desperate and it turns into the thing where venom and riot are fighting and also eddie and carl drake are fighting that sort of web that they created of all of that I thought that was really cool as they turn and show how close the two characters are, even though they're fighting diametrically opposite of each other mm-hmm. to the point where it turns into a literal internal struggle where the four beings fuse into one. That I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. That was, that was, kind of, that was fun to watch that. Yeah. That actually, that whole, that whole sequence of the, of them fighting, it also wasn't super long. That could have been drawn out and lost my attention pretty quickly. Yes, they did do a good job of both giving little moments to intersperse it um, with them fighting and falling apart and this and that. Um, and overall, it was pretty succinct. So, yeah, no, I, I thought that over, like they, they handled that part of it pretty well. Um, it's just that it kind of turned into that. And I guess... I get why they do it, and the thing is, they are drawing from a literal representation of this issue from comic books, because comic books suffer from this all the time. I saw someone say something about this about a different movie, and I don't remember what it was now, but it still holds true in this one. I'm getting a little tired of uh, the hero and the villain have the same powers thing. Mm. Like, it's... We've seen that a million times, and again, it falls especially on origin stories it's like it oh like iron man it's just iron man versus bigger iron man right. you know what i mean like stuff like that like it gets boring like black panther is just black panther versus other black panther you know what i mean yeah um i get that um and this is kind of the same thing i want to see two people go at it who 
have different skill sets who one can take advantage of the other and vice versa. Not just they're the same thing, but the bad guy is bigger and stronger. But how does he uh, how does he lose the fight? You beat him because you're out clevered him or out desperated him or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? No, I, I hear that. It's, that is definitely that is definitely a thing for origin movies for yeah. sure, and and not <laughs> origin movies. But well, there's plenty of movies that are origin yeah. movies that do it. It's just that like a hundred percent of origin movies do it. Yeah, that's hmm, that's funny. I one of the things that this movie suffered from. Uh, was the lack of R rating because they could have leaned into the gore and horror and I think that would have helped it like really it would have pushed the envelope and it would have made it it would have improved the movie that's what I actually almost have it verbatim on my notes I said this needs to be R I said it needs to lean towards one thing because at times it suffered from schizophrenia Mm. Um, and especially the horror When when they sold out for the horror aspects of it that's when it had me the most engaged. Yeah. Like, especially in the first half stuff, the whole sequence when he first gets paired with Venom, it's, that's a scary scene. Yeah, it's creepy. That had me on the edge of my seat. Like, oh shit, it's not just a jump scare. I know there's going to be a jump scare eventually, but it created the atmosphere and the aura. We have the music matching up perfectly. It's, you know, the darkened room, the confusion, the, the sense of I don't know what's going to happen next exactly. You know what I mean? All mm-hmm. that stuff. That is one of the best sequences of the movie. What about? Uh, they needed more of it. Yeah. Well, to, to add to that, when Riot, our first experience with the Riot, like thrashing through people, like that, that could have been scarier too. Yes. And well, the I, thing is, I expected this to really lean into being a body horror type of movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have this amorphous blob that doesn't just like stick to you. Like I actually was a little confused, curious about it. It was maybe it's just one of those things we didn't get quite the answer, but like the first time you see the human trial, it just kind of like absorbs into him. Like, you know what I mean? Like I expected more of an enveloping than a osmosing Mm -hmm. type of thing. I thought this was really going to lean into body horror. And that's my least favorite type of horror. Yeah. I like that sort of real gross out horror type of stuff is what really gets to me. Yeah. yeah, That scene where it's in that guy and it's like, breaking all of his bones yes Oof. i didn't like it but that's the type of thing yeah. that i expected from this so Same. i actually expected more of that and i you're right the opening sequence um with it with with riot jumping from a couple of hosts early on was pretty interesting yeah and then um it, the, the reverse breaking of bones when it heals eddie is kind of cool good. too i like that Nice. Oh my god, my leg was broken and now it's not. Yeah. That that I love too. His his confusion and kind of like surrender into the chaos of like you're talking to yourself but you don't have anybody else to talk to at the moment so you're just doing it is is kind of funny. And but it it worked. Well, that, and that's the thing. The two of them play off each other really well. Which um, is just him talking to himself, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, why why would we do that? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, just like incredulity on the one point, the impatience on the other side right um like uh, oh my god i'm gonna die people. you're not gonna die Eddie. yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great jump <laughs> so good uh man i had a lot of fun with this so um i liked the i liked the villain for the most part he does go a little over the top he but, definitely turned his dial up to eleven. Yeah, um, and I like Rizamet a lot. He's yeah, a me too. Um, and I think I, I did actually have a little fun. I've never seen him 
get to play up the crazy like this, mm-hmm. like lean into it and be a little campy. And so like, so like a certain amount of that is, is good. It's fun. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, it was very obvious that this was a send up of Elon Musk, mm-hmm. both the reality of him and the more cartoonized version of him that exists in that, you know, he's like a modern day bond villain, yeah. uh, which I think is a little too much credit to him. Um, I have a lot of problems with Elon Musk in all ways, shape and form. We don't really have to get into that on the show. <laughs> um, but this was a pretty good representation of him in a lot of ways. Um, but I have a lot of problems with the character and how the character fits in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is just, it's a comic book movie, which, okay, that's fair. Um, some of it's just like, okay, like you guys got to bond to that rabbit that one time. That was cool. Uh, human trials. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I feel like she should have pushed back a little bit. And that's kind of where the Musk thing comes in, right? With the whole thing with him, you know, we're going to live at the thing and we're going to we're gonna live at the warehouse and we're going to work 25 hours a day and people are probably going to die or have horrible memeing injuries, guys. Those are all real-life things. I'm not slandering him. Look it up. Um, and in this case, we took it to a whole new level where it's like – and, like, okay, we get it. There's all these these stories of, you know, the scientists going beyond where he should have gone, you know – Blah blah blah, and honestly, truthfully, in real life, in in the U.S., I mean, I, I can't speak for other countries. In the U.S., there's just no way that would have worked. Like someone like her would have gotten that story out earlier than she. And to be fair, um, there's other situations and stories, both real and imagined, where people like that who try to blow whistles get killed. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little less cartoonishly than she did. <laughs> It's just like that. Like that's just not how science works. And if he is the scientist that he's claiming to be, and he does seem to be a pretty damn smart dude, right? Um, we don't just jump into human trials like that. <laughs> like it's just yeah, not how science I, works. I totally. While while I agree with you for the context of the movie, it doesn't bother me. To a certain extent, um, I do have a little bit of a problem with. Uh, okay, let's see everyone. Well, yeah, like because they build up the whole like you know mythological aspect of him, right? That he becomes a symbol more than a person. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're gonna swallow and go along with it, right? <clears throat> Once you watch that dude get disassembled from the inside, um, that's usually gonna put a stop to things. No matter how many waivers you sign, mm-hmm. um, there would have been a revolt. Again, he's the villain, and the, yeah, the like, suspension of disbelief. It's a comic. It is a. It is a comic book. Well, the, fe- the thing is, like, he hasn't gotten to the point where the fear-mongering comes in yet. Because, like, no one even, like, protests at that moment. Everyone just kind of, like, stunned silence. And, like, later on in the movie when it's like, okay, someone's got to stop stop him now. is He's got Riot at that point, right? And that's mm-hmm. when it goes. And, like, I'm good with that part of it. You know what I mean? Like, he executes that guy in the middle of, like, the control room Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like, that, was, that shit was fucked up. And it's like, that totally fits. I totally get it, right? Because he's the guy who's finally going to stand up to him, right? Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just got chopped in half. Yeah. <laughs> Um, through. So like, I'm good with it on that part, but it's like when you watch that thing happen, all uh, any scientist's worth half his worth um, is. Uh, can we slow down just a little bit? <laughs> like we just basically sent that guy to his death, and we kind of knew it. Um, even though like his whole speech was was actually cool and poetic and all that stuff, it actually and he delivered it tremendously. Yeah, like the scene was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like, when you start literally living out the God complex you have, like he's yeah. literally calling himself God. He said mm-hmm. the word. <laughs> like no yep. one has an issue. <laughs> like this is one of those things where it's like someone's someone is fawning over him and calling him godlike. He's doing it himself. <laughs> the people closest to him are like, oh shit, we let this go too far. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Where it's like, oh shit, he's saying it. He really thinks he's. Oh my god, what have we done? <laughs> that, that's that's our bad. It's too late, but that's our bad. <laughs> the thing is, it wasn't too late then. He wasn't right yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man! So I had a little a little issue, and I, I get some of it is standard fare for the genre. I get it. I have some leniency. It just went so over the top with it. I'm like, guys, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> tater tots. The tater tots was great. That was um, him. Him eating. Him eating the frozen tater tots, then digging through the garbage and eating the chicken, then throwing up and going, "What is wrong with me?" <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> It's horrible. Also, even like later on, like, how are you feeling? I don't know, like cold, tired. I'm hungry all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what it, um when he's walking down the street, doesn't it doesn't Venom just go food? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> that got me. That got well, me uh, no, I think it was when he was sitting on the trolley, wasn't it? Or is it either food or it was hungry? I think he says hungry in the beginning, and then on the trolley he says food, and like he like jumps up to get up. What? And that's that's the scene I was talking about where he like he does that with himself, where he jumps himself up, but he the genuine look of surprise at what he just did on his face, like that's good body acting. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. And then he's he's holding on to uh, he's just holding on to the rail, and he's talking to himself and kind of to everyone. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just gonna stand here. It's okay. It's yeah, okay. Just gonna stand here until the trolley comes to a full stop, and then we're gonna get off. <laughs> <laughs> or then towards the end, or at the end, when he's walking through and he's talking to him, and he's explaining to him that you know we only eat bad people, like that whole thing. He's. I love that he's fully surrendered to it at this point, and he's having a full blown conversation. And the people in the background are just looking at him like, "What is?" Yes, a couple wrong of people you? definitely looked at him. <laughs> <laughs> you you catch a person talking to himself. Yeah, that's one thing. You hear the things that they're saying. That's a whole other level. <laughs> I, it's like you know, Venom says, "You know, we we must eat something soon, otherwise your liver is looking awfully tasty." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, oh, oh, how about, okay, hang on. How about the scene where Michelle Williams has the Venom uh, symbiote and I was not makes out with him. I was to see him. a sexy symbiote. So, but make, makes out with him. And then later when they're recapping that kiss, she says that it wasn't her. And part of me believes her. <laughs> that's well, Okay, fine. That's it funny. wasn't my idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that's, that was that's your buddy's funny. idea. <laughs> That's that's a great sequence. Yeah, I was not expecting to see a sexy symbiote stroll up. Yeah, it was, that was very strange. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I actually I do want to get into it a little bit. Is he the worst journalist ever? Why? So listen, we know like they kind of did an oblique reference to his the origin of an origin, right? Yeah. You know, we've seen a representation of it in Spider-Man 3. I'm not super familiar with all the Spider-Man Venom comics, whatever, how Eddie Brock gets fired for his, you know, making shit up on on his news stories or whatever. Um, we just get an oblique reference, which is fine. I, I don't need to get a whole play-by-play. We get the gist of it. Um, 
but everything that he does from then on in the very beginning of the movie, what did he think was going to happen? How was he such a successful journalist? I get part of it was charisma. Part of it was his like dogged pursuit of the news and all this sort of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that he was trying to chase an important story, but you can have that conversation with Carlton Drake. Hey, what about the lawsuits about people dying? He started naming the names in that confidential memo. Yeah. What did he think was going to happen? That's that's fair. Well, he was. Um, I also have an issue with how he approached that whole thing. He, when when you're doing that sort of takedown, I'm not saying a malicious takedown. Like I needed to be taken down. He was murdering homeless people. Yep. Um, when he decided to carry out this takedown, when you do that sort of story, you months, sometimes years of research. You build a case like a lawyer would or a prosecutor yeah. would. He just flew off and jumped in and did this thing. He didn't have him on a witness stand. Right. He well, didn't he, have his Android I, bio, Bible. It wasn't even on live TV. They were recording it. It what was did him. What's gonna happen? Yeah, I, I, I totally, I get where you're coming from, but it was, uh, it does a little bit of a service to the character though, because I feel like it's him getting ahead of himself, him not standing as a character, not standing for this outrageous thing that's happening, and not, and not being mature enough to, to, to pull back and to get it get it right the first time he's hot headed I, dis- I gotta disagree with you because you watch in. the you watch the clips of him on the eddie brock show this guy knows his shit the way he's doing all those stories that guy understands the research that goes into one of these stories well, we, we know this happened before though kind of yes so it, it must have been a similar situation where it was a serious thing i guess so um what it made me think of while watching it was um you remember from the newsroom? I know you're a big fan of that show, love it, as love I it. as I was. Um, when <sighs> fix you, they, they audition. <laughs> it's uh, the, the, it does. Um, they audition to have to host the uh, the the presidential debate, right? Hey, Doctor the fucking tapes. No, I'm sorry, I was just Wrong quoting season. random random parts about <laughs> it. But go on, yeah, yeah. They audition to have it. They have. Yep. They're going to have the Republican national, uh, like the the primary, the debates for the Republican primary. They have a couple of representatives from the Republican Party to come in and vet them to do, see what they want to do because they, oh, we want to try out a new format on you. And the guy says, that, you know, oh, this, anyone who wants to run should be willing to stand up and take these sort of questions. And he says, he's not, he's not interested in, in finding the truth and all this stuff. He's just making it about himself. That's the same exact thing. He's not interested in finding the truth. He's making it about himself. He thinks he's bulletproof at this point, which is a guy who's already been brought low should never feel that way. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? No matter the righteousness of the cause, which yep. was duly righteous. Yeah. He handled it. Like, basically what I – the precision and care that required that was required to do the thing that he was setting out to do was tantamount to removing a very small tumor on your spine. And to do that, you would use, I don't know, maybe a scope, a scalpel. He used a chain gun. (laughs) (laughs) And just decided he's going to blast away. Like, that's not how you fucking do this. Right. Yeah. It wasn't, while I agree, and yeah, that is exactly why it didn't work out. I, it made sense to me that, like I said, it's not the first time that he's done something 
outrageous. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe he was so eager to like he you know he's still pretty he's still pretty good he's got a pretty good thing going but maybe he's not on at not as high up as he once was like and he was trying to re- like reclaim that it could have been that selfish reasons like that it could have been um you know you know when you're so when you believe in something so strongly like you just like you just can't like you can't wait he can't hold back he he has the, he doesn't have the filter like he just kind of blurts it out because he's he he like believes in it so much. It could be any of those things. It's I guess not, it's true. None of it is enough is, to bother me with the sequence. I just kind of accept it. I considered that as well. But the problem is that actually opens up a bigger issue for the movie and the character mm. in that everything from all of that shows us how impulsive he is. Right. And, and what where in every other place he's been reserved and he's actually been calculated. Yes, he's dragging his feet at all times once yeah. he's met Venom. Yeah. Because everything yeah. prior to that, he's super impulsive, shooting before he thinks. Well, right. But then after that point, when he hits rock bottom again, he's relapsing into something that he's he's been in before that they've mentioned that we don't know what it is, but like they, they mentioned it. So maybe that's why. What he's, do you mean? He talks. About, so you're saying like. Yeah, when he when he becomes venom and he he does he does drag his feet he's still he's still confused about that he like he takes a while to get acclimated to it which you know makes sense um sure. but but the uh before all of that happens like before he becomes venom after he was taken down by this whole thing right he gets fired nobody'll hire him he recogn- he's completely be de- he is giving up yes and he's He's over it, and he's no longer impulsive. He's just defeated. I guess so, but the thing is, it almost seems to set it up like where it's like he's learned a lesson, but it's not. It's closer to he just given up and didn't care and has done all but mm. prepared himself to end it all. Yeah. And in that case, he should have had even more reckless abandon once that all goes on. You know what I mean? Like, this is finally giving me... He took till the end of the movie, and even then he really hasn't owned up to what like you know he still hasn't yeah. like leaned into it like it should have like the whole i thought the whole idea of an eddie brock type character is um that he wanted to be untouchable and be able to do all the things he couldn't do with eddie brock and venom gives him that outlet mm-hmm. um whereas like you know the whole thing like setting up an anti-hero he's not really an anti-hero at this point he's leashed venom by the end yeah yeah it's, it's interesting it's definitely it's definitely a different take yeah, which I guess that's fine. Um, and not knowing much about the character, but I thought that was the whole thing is that, um, you know, the whole, like I said, anti-hero, you know, he should break the rules a little bit more or at least try and bend them. Yeah, so... Uh, and actually, he's establishing very clear, important rules. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I would say this kind of stems back to a conversation that we had early on today of like, expectations of what this movie should be when you remake a story or revisit a story and like one one of the other arguments that was bothering me about this movie up front was like oh you know venom's supposed to be this character and eddie brock is supposed to be this character i was like it it's it's different it is different than it usually is and i'm okay with that i prefer that if you want that old thing there's tons of it go go read a couple comics go watch the uh, the Spider-Man animated series when they did the whole series with Venom. It's great. It's so yeah. good. But it's this is different. And I don't I don't need that whole same thing. 
I guess so. Um, I, I guess for me, I had seen some of the stuff you're talking about as well. Um, but most of those types of complaints that I'd seen were fairly superficial. Mm. And these are like core values. I, I can I can see that. I feel like it's a little they are taking a little bit of a risk going in a different direction with it and I'm kind of okay with it because in the end they, this is though you know you I could also see the argument against it because it is it is kind of the studio being a little concerned about how the character is going to be received which is totally that, fair. That's that, what is, it is. that is the business behind the movie and I understand that. It doesn't bother me that much though. I was fine with it. I liked the character. I liked what they did with them. Well, I, I guess I would hold them up in comparison to what we saw with Deadpool and Logan. And it's always going to be compared to that because it should be those things. It mm-hmm. should be rated R. And this decision by the studio is is indicative of the same decision-making pro- process that went into making it PG-13, right? Um, this isn't – Deadpool is an antihero. Logan becomes, in, in Logan, an antihero. Mm-hmm. This is just an edgy hero. Right. And but the thing with that is if you're going to do Venom without Spider-Man, you do kind of have free reign to do with it what you want. Yeah. It's just the 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 I'm taking them at face value in that yeah. the promotional material was you've never seen a hero like this before. And they were selling him as an anti-hero, a guy who doesn't play by the rules. Yeah. And then they set up. A oh no! It was like the world has enough heroes. I think is the yes, tagline. yeah, that's what it was. The world yeah. has enough heroes. This is something you've never seen before. Eh. Yeah. No, I uh, I get you. I get you. I'm like I said. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily bother me. I'm. I was. I was okay with the direction they went. I was. I was happy to get. I really. I really liked what they did with Venom. Um, the character within the character that was, I thought that was a lot of fun and I thought it was different enough to keep me interested the whole time rather than being the same old thing or being something that didn't resemble it at all, which would have been, it, it, I feel like it took enough of the pieces to build its own little story, which was fun to watch. See, I don't, I don't know nearly enough about the backstory of Venom mm-hmm. to know whether or not this storyline was something off the pages but the idea of the whole thing with like the comet filled with them, like they move from planet to planet type of thing, that whole thing. Actually, that was kind of a cool storyline. Yeah, I, I was that. on board with all of that. I don't know if that's the general. I know that in the comics, Venom is an alien creature that Similar, bonds yeah. to a host and all that sort of stuff. Um, but other than that, I really don't know much about the origin of Venom. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is something that's already been done on the comics or if it's an original story, if it's just one of the many because a lot of times they reboot it and have different versions of it or whatever. I was on board with the the facts of that. I thought that was cool and made for an interesting storyline. So my, I mean, my exposure to it previously had been I've read a couple like way back in the day, but like the the most the more clear memories I have of it are from the animated show, which I really enjoyed. And like you know, first the symbiote attaches to Peter Parker. You know, it it starts to envelop like his power. Like that's why Venom is able to kind of do some of the things that he does is because he he inherits those from having bonded with Peter. Yeah. And then it moves on to this giant meathead and has those like those characteristics plus the ones that he previously inherited. So like it, it's like a building character. Yeah. Whereas it this was a lot different. It was just like I mean, they didn't really play on the fact that it was attached to anybody else beforehand. Yeah, well, in this case, this, the symbiosis thing wasn't to absorb and grow. It was that was the bridge it needed to survive. Yeah, and it came preloaded <laughs> with its powers. 
Sorry, the the whole the reoccurring parasite internal joke was a lot of fun too. That was funny. <laughs> apologize. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> or at the end, doesn't he say in the last scene he says apologize and he goes, No. <laughs> yeah, no, but then he says it again. He goes, okay, I'm sorry for yeah. calling you a parasite. <laughs> what about when uh when he's in the MRI machine? Or the, yeah. or the second time they're in the room and they detach him and it crawls out of the room while they're having the argument. Backtracking, I love the doctor. <laughs> well, so you said you've never watched Veep, right? No. Um, so that's Dan Egan from Veep. Okay. That's his name on the show. Is is the actor's name is Reed Scott, I think. Um, so I was really thrown by this is the only thing I've seen Dan Egan in. And his name is Dan in this as well. Perfect. I don't that's even have great. to worry about it. Make it easy on you. Yeah, now the character was ended up being fairly different, but I couldn't just not see him from Veep in this because that's my only basis for knowing that actor <laughs> you know what was funny about it is the relationship like between the characters it kind of reminded me of ant-man like ant-man and bobby cannavale yeah. <laughs> and like bobby cannavale is like he's such a great like great funny fun character in those movies just because it's so outlandish yeah and like this character being like like kind of starstruck by eddie brock was was really fun in the get in the beginning actually even more than that, I could see that. But the first thing I thought of was the Carrie Elway's character from Liar Liar. Oh my God. You're scared <laughs> of the claw. <laughs> the claw's going to get you. <laughs> um, that was actually what I was more awesome. uh, uh, thinking of during that whole thing. Um, no, some of the interplay between all of them was, was fun. Actually, the best chemistry between him and her was when he was involved as well. Yep. Like he was like kind of the glue that brought the two of them together. Mm -hmm. Like couldn't really hold it together on their own. <laughs> um, I don't know why it was just kind of this weird, you know, alchemy on screen. Um, although I did have a little problem with how we're introduced to him when he, when Eddie goes to her apartment and I realizing that I keep calling her, her and I am, Oh, she's in oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot she was named Dan. This is this is really going full circle. We got layers upon layers. Um, oh my god! When he goes really to her funny. apartment and she comes home with Dan, yeah. And like I had, I don't know why. Like I had a problem. And I guess he did too. He kind of says it. In, like, he has a like, key. They, they were yeah. Like he has yeah. a key after six months. That's fucking weird. I I don't know. I listen. I'm the last person anyone should ask anything about relationships because me. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, oh my god. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it was a bad breakup. Listen, yeah. like I don't like you know like that she would be dating someone else. Sure, that they're like kind of basically living together and he has a key. That's weird. After six months, yeah. after getting you know like you would think like. Ending any relationship, that would be a little bit fast. Any Ending any serious relationship, that would be kind of fast. They were engaged and, like, she was, like, backstabbed and betrayed unintentionally. He wasn't intending to do that, though he should have very clearly seen that that was what was going to be the result of all of this. Right. Um, but that's as brutal of a betrayal as one could have. Like, it, what, it might even be worse than, like, than cheating on someone, maybe? I, I, I don't well, even here's know. The, here, he'll do the dark side fan theory. She was seeing this doctor 
on the side left the computer open with the information so that she would have an easy out of the relationship. <laughs> See, I didn't hear that. <laughs> but I was talking about this movie with someone earlier today, and they asked me, like, oh, like, was it like, uh, maybe she was seeing him on the side? I was like, no, it seemed pretty obvious that this was a new guy. Like, I didn't yeah. think she was cheating on him. <laughs> <laughs> he picks her up when she gets fired. <laughs> Well, that was quick. <laughs> well, then, yeah, then we have uh, then we have a different story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was just one of those kind of things that was weird. Not a big deal. Doesn't really have anything to do with anything. I was just like, I just remember being struck with like, really? <laughs> yes. What? Her? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's named Anne is incredible. Oh, yeah, that is, we've that already is, did that. That's a fun thing to stumble upon. Awesome. Well, I've got nothing else. I'm good, too. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Flicks and the Six. Thanks for joining us. If you want to keep the conversation going, or if you've got topics, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you've got topics for the show, you got movies you want us to review, you can send those requests to Flicks and the Six at SpinTune.com. We'll be back next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony. He's Al, and we're out. Cheers. <laughs>